do not adjust your radio dial. You are tuned in to the Mark Order Podcast. Join the Mark Order. You know what that means. Time for the Mark Order Podcast. Here on Shining Wizards Network. Doing a little Canadian tonight. Maybe a little French Canadian. I know. Oh, I know I'm feeling plebeian. All the French I know. And maybe we do. Um, we got the three man band tonight. Brian Fong is here. Bringing along already. Asian Joe's here. Hi. Hi, Joe. Asian Joe. Asian Joe, he gets all the cereals. I know, Asian Joe. Thank God you went that route because I thought you were. I wasn't. Sure. Yeah, I, I there was a change in my head. <laughs> I was like, uh oh. Yeah, that would have been bad. Joe, I don't know if you're muted, uh, but if you were talking, we couldn't hear you. So I'm gonna vamp. Uh, but yeah. say that again. I'm sorry. You don't want to hear me. Yeah. Ah, got it. No, I'm not talking to you, Ryan. Huh? I'll talk to you soon enough. Uh, welcome everybody. <clears throat> um, so gentlemen, uh, Ryan and I last week talked about Thanksgiving before we got started. Joe, how was your mm-hmm. Thanksgiving? Uneventful. Well, that's good. But I was thankful for it. So you know. Hey, you're living the kayfabe then. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, that's good. How's everybody's week been so far? Uneventful. See, this now, is work. now I know Ryan's just copying. I was, I was going to, and then you called it out. <laughs> Ryan's just copying whatever we're saying. Doesn't matter. I was seriously going to just repeat everything Joe said for a while, but you called it out. We had a pretty good run last week, Ryan. With we did, and a few people in the chat got it. So I, I really wish I was someone who knew how to cut things and put up shorts, because that would totally be a short of ours. I mean, there's still time. <laughs> Joe, in case you didn't know, and if anybody would like to go back and listen, last week Ryan and I were talking about wrestling, but 
for a good, I don't know, I want to say like two minutes, Ryan, we were talking about what was happening on Dynamite using um, only, well, not only, but using primarily Creed song titles to uh, describe how people would be feeling and what was happening on screen. It was good. I, do yeah, I did catch a little bit. Odd. You did. Yes. Yes. I, I appreciate the My Own Prison reference. That was, that was nice. It's an underrated Creed classic. I'm going to go with a hot take here. That first album's not as bad as everybody thinks it is. But no. I, I hate on uh, Scott Stapp. I hate on his oh, his baseball theme. Yeah, but I don't actually hate him. But if Creed comes on, I'm rocking out. I mean, <clears throat> I would maintain that that first album, which I think is my own prison. Um, I think that's the title. It was, I believe. Um, that sounded like a lot of other albums that were out maybe around that time. Like it sounded almost like it could be a days of the new or a tantric, you know, like something in those along those lines. But then, you know, they, uh, they did like, uh, you know, higher and all that stuff. And then it just got douchier as it went on. So yeah, I still can get into some human clay. So, I mean, listen, uh, Human Clay was that. That was the second one with higher on it, right? Yeah, yeah, higher. Yeah, I mean, it's not a terrible. I mean, listen, they weren't super douches, douchey yet, but they were getting there. You could tell where it was going. But I'll still rock out to them. Would you go see them on their reunion tour, Ryan? No, that is a a fear of what else would be attending. Ryan, are you yes. going to be going to see Limp Biscuit with Corey Feldman opening up? Uh, what is his song? Uh, Ascension Millennium. Millennium. What is it? Ascension Millennium. Ascension Millennium. Ascension Millennium. I never wished, uh, like, I wish that we could just play song clips be without getting flagged and our content getting ripped down because I would love to just play Ascension Millennium <laughs> right now. Have you seen Feldman live before? What was that, Jeff? Have you seen Corey Feldman live? No, I have not. Um, I've seen, yeah, I've seen plenty of uh, like clips and I've, I listened to a uh, Sirius XM's The Bonfire previously with Dan Soder, now with not Dan, Bob Kelly, and Big J Okerson. And they talk a lot of Corey Feldman. And it's, I, I, this is like a dream. I saw Limp Bizkit last year at Madison Square Garden. And there was a lot of room, you know, to move around. So um, I am looking forward to seeing Limp Bizkit again next summer, but with Corey Feldman opening. There. Fun fact. Now, I uh, um, I have some friends who own a bar, and they booked Corey Feldman a few years back to play our, to play their St. Patrick's Day. Phenomenal. How did he play three hours? 
No. Oh my god. It was probably like an hour and a half. Okay. Because he's been known to do like three hours. I mean, I don't know Man what more a show. I don't know what more that you need to say, but my God. Uh, yeah, sign me up for that. Ryan, I'm going to that for, for sure next summer at PNC Arts Center in New Jersey. Is that where it is? Oh, yeah. Now, the question is, who asked who to, to, to be on that tour? Well, it's Limp Bizkit's tour. Uh, okay. Appropriately, I guess, called Loser Fest or Loserville. Excuse me. Um, so I don't know. A lot of times opening is, you know, pay to play. So I don't know, but my guess is you're asking the fell dog. He's not asking you guys just looking for cash at this point. Yeah. I don't see him, him paying to play. No, you don't ask one of the best artists of our age to pay to play. I mean, you're not wrong there. You are not wrong. Do you know how long our show would be? I mean, we're long, we go long anyway, but do you know how long it would be if we were able to play like songs? I mean, I would love to play songs, not, but not even like we don't even need to just play songs. Like it would just, I would, you know, we're talking about Ascension Millennium and I would just pull it up and let it play as we're talking. Like, oh, I know, but. It, I just know us, and we would go down some weird rabbit holes. Yeah, we we certainly would. I mean, I could go down a Corey Feldman rabbit hole. Ascension Millennium is just the tip of the iceberg. I just want to know, will he act out the burbs for me? No, no, no. He'll do Cry Little Sister. That's for fucking sure. I have the urge to watch The Lost Boys now. It's a great movie. He it was is. he was a good actor. I don't know what the fuck happened. He was great in Stand by Me. Good, great in The Lost Boys. He was a great Donatello. He was a young star in Hollywood. That's what happened. It's true. And apparently, even though uh, even though Corey Haim got butt fucked by everybody, he did not. He'll be the first to tell you. That Which Haim makes your question. Well, of course it does, Ryan. Of course it does. But I do want to say something totally unrelated, but I will forget. Sure. SJ acknowledging my amazing background of the French Canadians from South Park. Gotta love the French Canadian. That is, to this day, one of my favorite episodes they've ever done. I love any time they bring up Canada and South Park. I know it's the dumbest joke, but I, I literally maybe the hardest I've ever laughed to the show was you're going the wrong way. We told us there was only one road in Canada. There is, but you're going the wrong way on it. <laughs> Don't know why, but that will always get me. I just love the movie because uh, there were so many great parts of the movie. And uh, oh, it was great. And uh, when the, they were arguing, when they were arguing on the new show, like Car or not Cartman, Kyle's mom. And the guy from Canada was just going, ma'am, can I finish, please? Can I finish? Just let me finish. And the, they're like, go ahead, sir. And he just goes, okay, I'm finished. <laughs> like, so funny. Oh, my God. Yes, Ryan, very topical background. Um, why did we choose, why did you choose Creed last week? Was it just mood struck you? 
it, it just struck me. There had been some Creed chatter in wrestling. What I did not realize, though, because we had been talking Creed for weeks anyway, trying to torture Kate that we were going to become a Creed podcast. If it's not Creed, it's Nickelback. Yeah, what I didn't realize was I'd be watching some indie wrestling this weekend, and Trevor Outlaw would come out to hire from Creed. And literally, it might have played two or three times through because he kept making them replay it, and the crowd was just loving it. It's a song of champions. Song of champions. Um, you know, I, for, I totally forgot before we came on tonight, but my, a gimmick I was going to run moving forward was instead of opening with it's Wednesday night, you know what that means? I was going to open with a different butt rock, like lyric every week. So like maybe tonight would have been like, can you take me higher? Couldn't cut it as a poor man. I can't remember the beginning of that song. How bad is that? What song? This is how you remind me? Yeah. Never. uh, Oh, God. Never made it as a wise man. Couldn't tell it as a poor man stealing. I mean, at least least they're Canadian. It fits the theme. They are. They're not French Canadian, but they are Canadian. Look at this photograph. It's the Mark Order podcast. Every time I do, it makes me laugh. Oh, welcome to the broadcast. Hope you're doing well over there, broadcast. Um, so yeah, we've got. Uh, I'm sort of in a surly mood too because the news sucked today. So, uh, you know, that's just. I'm glad we're here talking wrestling. You know, the what? The actual real world news blew today. So. Oh. Uh, but Ryan, I don't have it cause it's not official, but the Yankees are on the verge of a giant trade. Yeah, I see that. And I have an appropriate Santa Claus hat that I'm waiting to put on because it's not official yet. We're getting closer. We're getting closer. Beginning to look <clears throat> but Ryan, Christmas. Ryan, I did read that Bryce Harper is trying to negotiate a deal where he will end his career as a Philly. Yay. I thought that was how it was anyway. No, I think he's got a few years left. He would still, you know, be playing age, but I think he wants to go further. So then this would be his last, you know, contract. And then he retires a Philly. I would be okay with that. He has delivered on. Everything I could ask for. Well, I would have loved to see him in pinstripes, but well, you guys didn't have a need for uh, an outfielder and didn't think he could play first base. Yeah, you know, because we had who Jacoby Ellsbury and uh, a bunch of other Aaron Hicks, a bunch of guys that really worked out for us. Yep. Anyway, well, gentlemen, there's a lot to talk about. So why don't we um, why don't we dive into wrestling? Since I don't really have much else to talk about, we've already talked Corey Feldman and Limp Bizkit, Nickelback, Creed. We've touched on all the points. So uh, why don't we talk a little bit of wrestling? Why don't we run through uh, Rampage and Collision because there's a little bit you know to deal with the uh, Continental Classic because tonight's Dynamite 
continuing with the gold league. So let's touch up on what happened on, uh, on last week's rampage and uh collision. We had hook Danhausen, Trent Beretta and orange Cassidy defeat daddy magic, dark order and Angelo Parker. Um, Shivani welcomes sting and Ric Flair to the ring, uh, for an interview. Uh, so we had, uh, sting and Ric Flair go again, uh, just promoting revolution on March 3rd and, North Carolina. Um, the Don Callis family of powerhouse Hobbs, Kyle Fletcher, and Konosuke Takeshita defeated a couple local talents in a trios match. Um, there was also a promo cut on Kenny Omega and Chris Jericho after the match. Um, uh, the Gates of Agony uh, were doing really well in Japan. Uh, so they were recapping that. Uh, Sheeta, Chris Statlander, and Sky Blue defeated Soraya, Ruby Soho, and Anna Jay. We're going to talk more about Sky Blue later, but I do have some bones to pick about Sky Blue. Um, uh, and then we had uh, Vikingo, Commander, and Penta defeat Brian Cage and the Workhorsemen. Uh, that's Anthony Hendry and JD Drake. Uh, and that was Rampage. Uh, so I don't know if we have too much to talk about on uh, Rampage. It was nice to see the return of Danhausen to the ring. Um, but here's what I want to talk a little bit at this point with Sky Blue, because I have more comments later. But is it weird that we're seeing Sky Blue on like baby face teams, but we are still not really sure is she a face, is she a heel? Like what? I don't know what I feel like I'm a broken record at this point with sky blue. It's like, can we pick a lane and, and go with it? Like, do you guys feel the same way? Or am I just being sort of like old man, Tony on the shining wizards trying to find something to just fucking bullshit and argue about. They have put her into the, the not, as heelish as Julia Hart heel camp, but not a face anymore. And I think they've tried to clearly establish that. Like she doesn't want to deal with the faces. She doesn't want to talk with the faces, but she also doesn't really want to deal with the, the heels either. Like she's, she's become that like, you know, when Julia went goth, she found goth friends to drink coffee with smoke cigarettes and dance. Uh, Sky blue is doing her own goth thing. I just, I don't know. I don't like it. Go ahead, Joe. I'm sorry I cut you off. No, if it makes me feel better, I have a note about that later tonight where I questioned not understanding her character as far as what they're doing with it. We And tonight was a little bit more evident of me, but like, what are they doing with her? Okay. So then let's hold your, you know what? We'll bring this back up later, maybe in more depth, because it's going to be hilarious, Joe, if you and I have the same sort of note from tonight, because there was definitely something that came out tonight, like something that happened tonight that I was like, I don't get it. Like what is happening? So we'll hold that. But I will say this. She's getting a lot of screen time. Her shorts are getting shorter. Um, but uh, beyond her shorts getting shorter, She's starting to look better in the ring, too. I was afraid a couple times that it looked like she was taking two steps forward, three steps back, 
like you know she would have a, a a couple of really good matches and then like we'd get a stinker but she seems to be getting consistent so i guess that's good but all right we'll hold on sky blue uh until a little bit later but anything out of either one of you from rampage that you'd tell people to check out no to me it was just like a big casserole of throw everyone into the program as many people as you can get since there wasn't a singles match and we we're kind of using rampage as kind of the catch-all for people who aren't involved in the c2 yeah no i am i'm with you it, it you know it was a entertaining show but there's nothing there that i'm like if you missed it go back and watch it like it was good to see Dan Housen back in the ring, but like, I don't know. It's weird because they've had a couple decent episodes of rampage. And then all of a sudden this one felt like, what are, what are we doing? You know what I mean? Like, uh, it just seemed like haphazardly thrown together. So I'm with you there. Well, moving on to collision from December 2nd. Um, we had blue league matchups. Brody King versus Claudio Castagnoli. Brody King coming out with another win to defeat Claudio Castagnoli. So uh, Brody takes home some points. And Claudio go homes with nada. Um, Moxley cut a promo. Okay, we get it. Um, what I find interesting is he's calling himself the ace in the world. Right. And he used that. I think again, we're going to hear tonight where he said, I'm the ace of the world. So it's interesting that he's using the term the ace. I'm just saying it's just an interesting note. Um, we had Abaddon uh, defeat Kira Hogan. Um, after that match, lights go out and they come back and Julia Hart's in the ring, um, which uh, I'm. I'm all for that. I'm glad that we're seeing more Abaddon. I like Abaddon. I think she's an interesting, different character. And I think she's got some talent. So it's good to see Abaddon back in the ring. Samoa Joe did an interview. Um, and, uh, you know, Roddy Strong, you know, uh, his name comes up. Uh, so, um, you know, we've got that whole thing going on leading into tonight. Daniel Garcia in a blue league match versus Andrade El Idolo. Andrade defeats Daniel Garcia. So Danny Garcia still no points. Andrade comes out with three. Uh, Willie Mack cuts a promo on Wardlow. Uh, so at some point, I guess we'll see Wardlow and Willie Mack. The Kingdom versus the Iron Savages. Kingdom defeating the Iron Savages. Uh, you know, I guess that makes sense. It's, you know, we'll talk about it. Uh, Ethan Page with an interview. Um, he calls out Kenny Omega. We know we're going to get that coming up this week. The House of Black uh, defeat Matt Seidel and Christopher Daniels versus uh, via pinfall. Excuse me. Uh, lights went out while they were in the ring celebrating, and they come back. FTR's music hits, and they walk out. And of course, back and forth there. Um, Tony Storm promo, Sky Blue promo. Uh, Vikingo, uh, defeats Kip Sabian via pinfall, pinfall. Um, Vikingo offers his hand to Kip Sabian, but he refused to shake it. Uh, and, um, you know, they go backstage. Keith Lee gets an interview. CJ Perry gets an interview. And then main event, Brian Danielson 
uh, versus Eddie Kingston in a blue league match for the Continental Classic. And Brian Danielson, to no one's surprise, defeats Eddie Kingston via pinfall. Um, Danielson celebrates, um, finds somebody with a fan that says Eddie is a bum, <laughs> takes it into the ring. Man, uh, and that's the end of the show. Now, I'm not going to lie. I didn't think Eddie Kingston was going to win, but it's an interesting story here that Eddie Kingston still doesn't have a win in this tournament. Um, so he's sort of on the verge here of uh, of falling out of, of contention and basically being stripped of his titles. Um, but sort of going back through this show, um, I guess, Joe, I'll throw it to you first. Anything here that you want to call out in particular without, you know, necessarily worrying about the points and the standings and all that stuff. We'll cover that before dynamite quickly. Uh, yeah, I, I was with you on the Abaddon point. I thought it's, we've been seeing a lot of them on the show lately and they look great. Uh, physically they look great. And i like the fact they're you know, a little bit more vocal and showing some different sides of the character in the ring. So it's a little bit different presentation. Um, the, I'm not in love with the Kip Sabian character now where they've kind of tra- like moved on from what he was doing um, with the whole, you know, box head gimmick and everything else. And now he's giving hot takes or something. It just it seems a little bit too cartoony for me. Yeah. Um, and other than that, yeah, the Brian Eddie match was good. I, 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 wanted, I want people to call Brian the one-eyed dragon instead of the American dragon. Ooh. I mean... Now we're now we're getting into are we is this a little gimmick infringement on the double entendre, Ryan? I mean, wow. I I, I didn't see that one coming. Uh but I get my, it. Thank you. But my God, Joe. Um I wonder if Abaddon ends up teaming up with Julia Hart. A little dark pit bull. I mean, why? So I don't hate the idea, but I have to ask the question, why would any of the ladies decide to team up? There's nothing at the end of the road. Darkness. I mean, for sure. But it's just one of those weird things, right? I think that we've been in... We've been in positions before where we've said to each other, like, hey, this is a perfect um, this is a perfect time for them to unveil women's tag team belts. Um, and they like haven't done it. You know what I mean? Um they're just not going to. Yeah, I don't think they're going to. Um so sorry, I've just gotten uh just gotten like eight texts from people I know. Uh, the MLB network, Ryan, is saying it's official. Juan Solo, Soto is official to the Yankees. My God. <sighs> what a lineup. Uh, maybe they'll hit something. Anyway, um, yeah, it's just weird. Like, I get what you're saying, Ryan. That would be an, an interesting pairing and style, like, you know, dark, gothy and sort of like evil from the depths of hell. Yeah. It makes sense to pair them. It also made sense to pair uh sky blue and, and Julia, but like why pair them up if there's no, 
ultimate goal. You know what I mean? Like, that's the only reason I'm like, yeah, but you know what I mean? Like, uh, there's just no reason to pair the women. Don't ask what, just embrace it. Okay. I'm not going to ask any more questions. I'm just going to be like, yep. This makes sense. It does. Both evil little dark creatures. And we'll just go with that. Well, I get it. Well, now here, all right, let me, let's, let's go past uh, Abaddon at the moment and Julia Hart. Any surprise to anybody, uh, any surprise for either one of you that Brody King gets his second win in this tournament, especially over Claudio Castagnoli. I'm a little surprised by that. I mean, I'm, it, it did surprise me. Um, I know last week it was like, you know what? Good for Brody, right? Like he got a win. It was sort of like a surprise win over Eddie. Although maybe they're telling a little story here. Maybe they're trying to push Brody King out of this tournament as, as a real threat for something on a, in a solo run, which I don't hate either. I like Brody a lot. So, um, I, I will say I'm more surprised that he's two and than, than Eddie being Owen. Is he Owen two or three? Uh, Owen two as of, you know, the airing on Saturday night. Now we know that they taped last night. I am not covering spoilers because they're out there. Uh, if you want to know about them, go read them. I'm avoiding them until the show happens on Saturday night. So, um, you know, um, so I don't, I don't know, Joe, where Eddie stands at this point. Eddie's got a tall task with Claudio this week, but it, you know, I understand how Eddie's Owen too. It really just does surprise me that out of nowhere, they decide to say Brody two wins. You know what I mean? Like it just is, is a little bit, I could see Brody getting one win and then this week, maybe losing to Claudio and next week, you know, whoever he's going to fight, you know, maybe he steals a win unless maybe it's Danielson. You know what I mean? But it, it, it's a little surprising to see Brody with two wins. Yeah. I mean, who would have thought like Brody would have more wins than Jay, Jay White? Well, that's true. Ryan, you said you like it. I do. I like it. Yeah, I don't I think it makes the tournament spicy. Oh, that's spicy. That's because I think if you're going to do a tournament like this, and I really think this needs to be. I mean, here's the thing. I think this needs to be an annual thing. Uh, because tournaments are great. You have the Owen Hart tournament, which I actually still think they should keep. I think that has its own significance that they could do more with, but they don't. But I also think this is, um, this would be a great way every year to just make sure you're putting on some amazing matches. But if it was all predictable endings, the tournament would be, it would still give you great matches, but it would lose a lot. So having some spice to it is nice. And, Brody was kind of the member as intimidating as he is and as big and scary and, and part of the, the house of black, he was kind of the member with the least amount of aura around him. Like you had your buddy and you had Malachi. So now this kind of establishes him, you know, as like a big dude to worry about. I think that's great going forward. I don't think he wins the tournament, but I think going forward, it really puts him on a different path. Yeah, I don't disagree with you there. I don't I don't think. Now, who knows? They they 
who knows what they're going to do with whoever wins this tournament. I think last week, Ryan, you and I were saying, we see this being swerves the whole way. We're going to talk about swerve. We had all the gold league matches tonight. So we're going to talk about those in the second half. But I mean, um, yeah, I, I do think this pushes Brody in a different direction. You have to worry about him now. He is a singles competitor who's shown you he can win some some matches against, you know, uh, some some talent that um, that is sort of the next level up, right? I mean, Eddie is a, somewhat of a polarizing figure. I feel like it, not like you love him or hate him. I think there's people who think he's like the greatest thing ever, and then there's people who don't think he's a great wrestler at all. You know what I mean? That he can just chop and that's basically it. So, <clears throat> but, but that being said, I feel like he sort of would have been a level above Brody. I feel like Claudio also is a guy who can be seen as a level above Brody. So to see Brody take two wins off these guys, I think is pretty big. Um, so, you know, good for them. Brody's got, you know, at, to this point, six, uh, you know, six total points. So he's top tier of, of the blue league. You know, he's not all the way out of contention yet. So, um, so it'll be interesting to see where they go from here. <clears throat> sort of sticking with the house of black, uh, stuff, the fact that they had their match that, um, uh, against Matt Seidel and, and Christopher Daniels. And then they had the whole FTR thing, you know, and they're just sort of, um, you know, the, the promo, uh, that happened afterwards. Um, do we like the direction this is going? Is this the next logical point for FTR? They're on the title picture, so why not give them a banger of a feud? I mean, that's what this can be, just great match after great match if they have more than one. I think this makes a lot of sense. And I want more non-tag title-related feuds. I don't want every title, every feud in the tag team division to be about the title because you have a very deep division. Stop only showing two teams at a time. Yeah, I don't. I don't disagree, Ryan. I'm just playing devil's advocate here. You know what I mean? Like um, to see what what the pulse check is here. I like it. I like the fact that FTR is going after the house. You know, going with the House of Black. I just don't want to see it be a one and done type of thing. You know, sometimes we see that with the tag division where it's like you know you've got a feud and then they have one match and sort of like it. You know, they sort of move them on to something else. I think this has long-term, uh, you know, sort of long-term capability. And I don't see a reason why the House of Black can't sort of come out on top of this feud. I think they're going to let FTR sort of get get the upper hand here because I think at some point we've got to put them back in a picture where they're going to face whatever is next for the Young Bucks because, remember, they're taking a break from wrestling right now. They're not doing being the elite. Clearly, they're gearing up for a total change. Um, but I still think at some point we're getting whatever it is that the Young Bucks are versus FTR. So <clears throat> maybe House of Black doesn't come out on top of this feud, but I think there's a chance they could and then see what's up next for the House of Black. So it, it's... What I'm enjoying about some of this, these stories that are are going on in in AEW right now are we don't always have a clear picture of what's going to happen, right? Like this FTR House of Black, it could go either way, right? The tournament, we have an idea of how it's going to go. It can go a few different ways. 
And I would even say the same thing for the whole, you know, devil and, and his goons thing. We're going to talk about that obviously in the second hour, but they keep sort of giving you different ideas of who maybe this, this person can be. And then your brain sort of just starts to run wild and be like, well, it can be this person, I guess. Right. It makes sense. So we'll talk about that when we get in the second hour uh, or the second half, when we talk about dynamite and everything else, but all in all, uh, I saw something that said the Danielson return did help with the ratings on Saturday night. So he is still a draw. Um, do we like, uh, I mean, Joe, we know where you would like him to be called the one eyed dragon. Um, Ryan, do you like eye patch, uh, pirate Danielson? Yar, meaty yar. Ooh, that's a yes. Well, I could tell you what I like. The fact that we've run through the first two shows for the the past week within the first 40 minutes of this show. Um, so why don't we do this? Let's take a break because we've got a lot to talk about in the back half. We had our Montreal debut of Dynamite. We'll, we'll, we've got the, a lot of action still in the Continental Classic and some matches that meant something tonight to a couple of the competitors. We've got a lot of news and notes from stuff that's happened in the past week of AEW. So we're going to take our break now early, and then we're going to come back and talk about Dynamite and everything else. But until then, sit tight and listen to some of the other, uh, listen to some words from the other shows, excuse me, that are part of this wonderful Shining Wizards Network. To thank each and every one of you for tuning in every Monday night to listen to the Shining Wizards. If you'd like to continue to support us outside of listening, we've got a few ways for you to do that. If you shop at Amazon, go over to Amazon.ShiningWizards.com, do your shopping as usual, and when you make your purchase, a little bit of that purchase price will go back to support the show. If you like to wear t-shirts, Merch.ShiningWizards.com will take you to our Pro Wrestling Tees store, where we've got over a dozen great designs from over 11 years of professional wrestling podcasting. You can become a Patreon supporter at Patreon.com slash Wizards Podcast, where each and every week we call out your name as one of our show producers, and the more you support us, the more things that you're entitled to receive and believe me they are fantastic if you can't support us monetarily if you don't shop at amazon that's absolutely fine continue to listen to us wherever you listen to us on the world wide web and make sure you like rate review subscribe do all that good stuff doesn't cost you anything helps us out and we can continue to bring you the love fest that is the shining wizards What's up, folks? It's your boy, the Impact Player, Mr. Philly Ray, inviting all of you to check out the Turnbuckle Throwbacks Wrestling Podcast. Join us as we cover all things current in the world of pro wrestling, as well as paying homage to the old school, the squared circle. So listen in and find out why we are the recognized symbol of excellence in sports, entertainment, broadcasting. Find us on all social media platforms and anywhere you get your podcast from. And as always, we are the proudest members of the Shining Wizards Network and Rant Entertainment Media. Are you tired of being lied to every day by the mainstream media? Do you want to know what's really going on in the world? Do you want to make up your own mind about things and not be told what to think or say? Then listen to Inconclusive Breakdown, a weekly anti-PC look at the world of entertainment and current events brought to you without censorship or filters. You can find us everywhere you listen to podcasts, BitChute, and on ShiningWizardsNetwork.com. And also, we're a proud member of the Shining Wizards Network. 
Got 30 minutes to kill? Come check out 30 Screams or Less, where we review a horror movie in 30 minutes or less. We cover new movies and old ones, too. We'll give our honest thoughts on the movie, good or shit, as well as a rating of each one that we watch. New episodes weekly available on the Shining Wizards Network and wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. I'm Steve. And I'm Corey. Come check us out at 30 Screams or Less. G'day guys, my name is Thomas, one half of the Broadcast Podcast. With our podcast, we go back and watch wrestling events from WWE, WWF, WCW, ECW, AEW, and many other wrestling promotions. You can check us out on Twitter at the Broadcast, that's T-H-E-B-R-O-K-A-S-T, and you can also download all episodes on Apple Podcast, CastBox, Castro, and many other podcast apps. you like your music heavy then check out radioactive metal on the shining wizards network for over 16 years now radioactive metal has been one of the longest running podcasts over the years we've interviewed some legendary metal acts had some awesome discussions and cranked a hell of a lot of tunes so join your cool uncle snowy and his co-host aaron for the audio mosh pit that is radioactive metal here on the Shining Wizards Network. Well, the action is underway. What's up, everyone? When on the Shining Wizards Network, be sure to check out Wrestling Night in Canada. If we're not recording another kick-ass podcast... Or playing in punk bands. Or recording kick-ass heavy metal albums. Then we're sitting back, we're grabbing a couple brews, and going over everything to do in the world of pro wrestling. Because we're from Winnipeg, you idiots. The Mark Order Podcast is the only show you need if you're looking for dedicated coverage of everything AEW on the Shining Wizards Network. Join us live on YouTube every Wednesday night at 10.15 p.m. Eastern after Dynamite to chat along with the show. If you can't join us live, listen to us on your favorite podcast platform. Follow us on all social channels at MarkOrderPod and use the hashtag JoinTheMarkOrder because if you don't find us, we will find you. I'm Kevin Rowe. I'm Al Day. And we're a couple of down-under-pounders that co-host... Dots, an action figure collecting podcast where we talk about, well, just about anything that tickles our fancy at any given moment. We're grumpy old men, and sometimes people get on our nerves, and when you get on our nerves, guess what? You get off the lawn. Get off my lawn, asshole! We also go on a little bit of a mission. We go back and we're grading every wrestling figure line that's out there. I'm talking LJMs. I'm talking Jacks. I'm talking Hasbros. Who doesn't like a little Hulkaplex? It's a Gorilla Brain Wrestling Podcast production found on the Shining Wizards Network. I'm Duke Bags. Kevin Rowe! And together we are the co-hosts of your Duke and Rowe. If you want to hear about some terrible wrestling shows, we got you covered. Well, we talk about good ones, too. 
currently talking about the death of Dungeons and Dungeons. I know what we're fucking talking about. Sometimes we get uh, guest spots, like from the Taskmaster. I like to uh, I like to listen to the Year of Duke and Rope podcast. They're uh, funny guys. That uh, I like when they I like when they talk about the the, the Nards plows. I like Nards plows. That's uh, that's a good move. And uh, I like the Dungeon of Doom. You know, sometimes sometimes I, I call my butt the Dungeon of Doom. Thanks, guys. Yeah. Oklahoma. Let me tell you a little bit about my favorite wrestling podcast. All right. A podcast for two men. Two men, Duke Banks, Kevin Rowe. They talk about professional wrestling. It's a man's sport. Alright? And who better to talk about a man's sport than two men? Oklahoma. And once in a while, Vince Russo stops by. Oh, you piece of shit! If you're not listening to your Duke and Rowe podcast in the back with the boys, you piece of shit, I don't know what you're doing. It's, uh, you got a slight one in there? If you're a man, if you're a man, you're talking about something only a man can do. You're talking about sliding one in there. Bro, take the time to slide one in there. All right, bro, you piece of shit. Slide one in there. A Gorilla Brain Wrestling podcast production that you can find on the Shining Wizards Network. All right, whoa. All right, we're back here. On the Mark Order podcast, part of the Shining Wizards Network. And before we move on to everything else we have to discuss tonight, do want to let you know that you can follow us on all our socials at Mark Order Pod, X, Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, uh, everywhere you can find us. We're on socials at Mark Order Pod. Uh, we are trying to work on our YouTube subscription, so please head over to our YouTube page and hit that subscribe button. We're working our way slowly to 500 uh, subscribers. And if we get there, she's not here to, to reject it. You win a date with Kate. So 500, win a date with Kate, all expenses paid on Kate. Uh, the Mark Order podcast only endorses the official date, whatever happens afterwards, between you and your date. So, there you go. Um, and if you want to support us in other ways, uh, head on over to our Pro Wrestling Tea store where you can find our wonderful t shirts. You could go to our uh, link tree and all of our social bios to uh, get a direct link there, or you can just go to prowrestlingtees.com slash markorderpod or search the Mark Order Podcast on Pro Wrestling Tees. You'll find our store right here, and you can find all four of our lovely T-shirts, a uh, couple uh, front prints, a couple double-sided prints, uh, whatever you like, feel free to order it. You missed out on the Black Friday sale. You're lost. You're going to pay full price now. But guess what? That helps us out. Some of the money comes back to help us fund this wonderful show that you enjoy so much recapping the world of AEW. So we thank everybody who's already bought a shirt. We appreciate the support. And we thank everybody in advance who will go out and order a shirt eventually. So we've taken care of the business. Now let's jump back into... Uh, AEW and yes, Sloan I did see you ordered yours. Thank you so much for the support. And I think Sloan, you ordered my favorite shirt, the two mics, the double sided. It's a great shirt. It's my favorite. 
Um, so gang, let's talk about um really quick before we get into dynamite. Just a recap, since now we're at the start of week three of the Continental Classic. Um, let's chat about where we are at the where we were at the start of the night. In the gold league, we had Swerve Strickland and John Moxley on top with six points. Jay White and Roosh in the middle of the pack with three points each. And Jay Lethal and Mark Briscoe, no wins, no points. Still trying to find some footing in this tournament. In the Blue League, Brody King sits atop with six points. Claudio Castagnoli, Andrade, and Brian Danielson all middle of the road with three points. Daniel Garcia and Eddie Kingston still trying to find some wins. They have zero points. And we do know that this week uh, our action was for Gold League. uh, That all happened tonight. Swerve Strickland versus Mark Briscoe, John Moxley versus Roosh, and Jay White versus Jay Lethal. In both cases with Mark Briscoe and Jay Lethal, um, they really needed to win need to win tonight uh, because a loss would pretty much ensure that they are sort of out of the tournament, no chance to win. Uh, Brody King and Danny Garcia are not booked to wrestle this week because of the way they've staggered the the blue league matches. Not sure why they did it this way, but they're not scheduled this week. So we'll see what uh, happens for them next. But now all that's been said, why don't we dive straight into the Montreal debut episode of dynamite? Yes, Joe. I think Garcia is wrestling Danielson on Friday. Oh, did they announce that? Sorry. On rampage. Rampage. Oh, rompage. Uh, actually, yes, I think you're right. My apologies. Um, but Danielson is wrestling again on Saturday. Well, would have wrestled on Tuesday, right? So, uh, Danielson's getting three quick matches in, but Brody's off this week. So, can I make a request going forward when we recap these standings that Ryan wraps them? Oh, we've tried this before with other, uh, you know. List Ryan, would you like to wrap the standings moving forward? They're not rankings. How many, the, the the standings. Um, They're not rankings. Oh, I just got rid of them. But um, hold on, I can give them back to you. Well, why don't we do this? Why don't we start with it next week, Ryan? You want to okay. wrap? Because listen, you're gonna need to get the standings up until. Up until uh, Saturday night. So you'll have a few days to work on your wraps. Oh, I want to, pro- I, I I need to clarify. It might not necessarily be a rap. It could be a song. Well, Joe, does that bother you? No, because it's probably, probably be set to like a Creed song. It'll Thanks. be, it, I don't know if it'll be Creed, but it'll definitely be set to another song. You will recognize sure. what I'm saying. And I'll allow it. My if I wrap it, it'll just be like Daniel Garcia is number four. Now he's going to wrestle some more. I mean, that's that's already better than the previous two people we had try to wrap the rankings. Well, we'll see. I haven't said I'm not gonna wrap. I'm just gonna see which one flows better. And I can tell you this, Ryan, you're not stealing a gimmick because they're not rankings. You're wrapping standings. So you're well, in the one of them is not even on the, the podcast anymore. Well, I guess that's right. You're right. He doesn't even do run-ins. Technically, two of them aren't really on this podcast. <laughs> well, I mean, she's part-time. I, I count a part-time race. Like, they count Brock Lesnar as part of the WWE, so I'll count part-time. Wait, Ant's frozen. 
Oh, what a pose to be frozen in. This is perfect. I hope you screenshot right, so that. So I'll vamp. Why would uh, I guess we'll just start collision? You know, at this point. Yeah, let's start um, some dynamite. Yeah, not a dynamite. Sorry, not a collision dynamite. All right. So we started out with uh, John Moxley versus Roosh. Uh, both had come in. Well, no, I'm sorry. Moxley had come in six and zero. Roosh three and with three points, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, sorry, everyone. Ant just heard an explosion outside from a transformer. We may not be having Ant for the rest of the show. Um, it's the Ryan and Joe show. The Ryan and Joe show. Things are about to get weird. All right. Nah, I got us. I got us. So we start out with John Moxley versus... Um, hold on. You know what? I know we just went over this, but... Sorry, people. I count on Ant to have all the notes, and then I just get to speak to what I've noted. Um, all right, perfect. I wanted to bring up the standings. And granted, I'm a little off because this reflects tonight's stuff. But like, his whole block is out. So, all right. So we had John Moxley going against Roosh. Moxley was 2-0 going into this match in the tournament. Roosh was 1-1. One one. Uh, I will say this is, if you were wondering what a ma uh, match between John Moxley and Roosh would look like and you kind of pictured it in your head beforehand, you were probably right. Very violent, very hard hitting. A couple spots where I think they almost dropped each other on their head. Um, if I were a spot caller, I would refer to the end of the match where John Moxley hits a lariat into his uh it's not dirty deep, death rider, and that didn't work. So what does he do? Instantly into a uh, rear naked choke, which was perfect. I mean, he didn't even hesitate. I hate when wrestlers get a two count and they're like, my God, what happened? Go for the move. So that was great. And then Roosh apparently after the match pretended he didn't choke. I don't know. They're doing something there. It was intentional. It wasn't like Roosh was no selling. He got up real quick, was mad at the ref. Looked like he was going to go back at Moxley. It was a whole thing. Uh, what'd you think, Joe? Yeah, that lariat by Mox was like, I felt it through the TV. You could just hear the thud and yeah, like a beautiful, beautiful sequence of moves. But uh, I wasn't sure why they started to go out in the crowd to begin with. It was just kind of a pointless, like, let's rumble in the crowd. And I enjoyed how, like, Estalberg kind of played up the fact that there's a random chair there just in the middle of nowhere that they're sitting on and using. Um, so that seemed a little silly to me. I thought it was a little odd that Roosh was such was playing up to the crowd so much. And almost taking Moxley lightly, you know, like it's Mox, and you know he's a multi-time champion. Like I don't know why Roosh would think that he can get away with all of his antics, but um, yeah, like you said, it was what I expected from the two guys who typically hit pretty hard in their matches. Yeah, it was it was it was very violent. I love Roosh. I'm gonna be honest. I, I think I saw a couple people online say tonight. He was one of those guys when when AEW first brought him in before the the second contract, like the first contract right after ROH went out, and people were kind of making fun of it, like, "Oh, you're bringing in Rush," and he's ended up being one of their best signings. Yeah, I think he's kind of almost outshined Andrade for the most part. Like he kind of filled that role and hasn't really relinquished it. Yeah, while they're still kind Andrade of searching to, to do something for Andrade. Yeah, yeah. When Andrade went away, he filled the spot perfectly, and his. Run with it. So I, I, he's been awesome, and, and he 
he went on at Mox, and of course Mox is Mox. So I thought that was great. So then after the the John Moxley, you have a video Brian, package Brian. for Jay White. What? Right. Since Dan's not here, oh, I wasn't I going to, to stop her. Obviously, no. Continuing the gimmick of saying hello to Jesse Ozark. Hey, one well LT wishes. photo. I'll say hi to one LT photo. Um. Yep. Hmm. So then we have a we have a video package for Jay White and Jay Lethal. N- nothing notable. Just they have a lot of history, which I think is cool. If you have two guys going in this tournament with history, acknowledge it. Makes this stuff more fun. But then we get to a fun bit. We have. Renee Paquette out on the stage, the inferior dynamite, sta- dynamite stage, not the superior collision stage, just so everyone's aware. And she brings on the kingdom with Roderick St- Strong. Now, before I get into this, I do have a question here, and it's been bothering me for weeks that I meant to ask. Is Roderick Strong part of the kingdom? It's the chicken. So is Roderick Strong part of the kingdom, or are the kingdom a part of next strong? That's that what you're trying to figure out? I don't think he's a part of the kingdom because he never comes out to their music. They always come out with, I feel like, his music. Uh, that's what I'm like. That's true. Well, but the kingdom can be next strong. It can be. They, they still do the that for the well. kingdom. Yeah. Like, you know how in. Game of Thrones, you had uh, the, the Starks had winners coming. Well, the kingdom has next strong. True. So it's like their their credo, their kind of their mantra of. Yeah, that's just a thought. Because the only reason I ask is because I'm introducing them as the kingdom and Roddy Strong, and that's know, how they're introduced. So, yeah. Listen, Jesse, you're saying the kingdom and terrible Roddy isn't anything Mike Bennett's in can't be terrible. Just accept that and move on. So there was an interesting so they they Renee does an interview with um with uh with the kingdom and Roddy Strong. Sorry, Ann was texting about something. Sorry, guys. A little confused tonight with me having to fill in last minute for the ant stuff in the middle of the pod. But so she comes out and says, Roddy, what's going on? And Roddy does his typical, my my best friend, Adam. He He's a, uh, and by, no, my best friend, best friend by proxy, basically, MJF, because Adam's not there, is being fooled by Samoa Joe. And he knows what Samoa Joe is all about. And then all of a sudden, he gets up and start goes on like he doesn't he he's all about consequences and i know my consequences and he's saying i'm not gonna be bound by this wheelchair and this wheelchair won't hold me down and then Taven does this really funny thing where like he looks around and throws the wheelchair off the stage i'm not gonna read it word for word because i didn't take it word for word so unfortunately for me i don't have it but what i want to point out by this am i the only person here who got the feeling that he might be talking about a certain adam as his consequences and someone he doesn't need anymore and someone he doesn't need to lean on Mm. Okay. Maybe. You really emphasized the far too long part. Yeah. I mean, they've been together now 
for the exception of the, like yeah for a really long time there's a there was obviously a break when he one was AEW, one was nxt but overall far too long is adam is is the wheelchair adam cole baby i try and work on the combat song there but that's so far away yeah um yeah i mean or again it's another red herring of a misdirection right Uh, yeah, I mean, I, you know, um, it's just, it's just an interesting thought. You know, he stood up, he, he does his big thing. I, I've lived with consequences. I've had my consequences. I'm not going to be bound by my consequences. This wheelchair is not going to hold me down. I'm not going to be stuck with this anymore. I'm over this. I'm beyond this. I'm past this. Taven throws it off the stage. And it very much felt like in that moment, the wheelchair became a metaphor. The only I'm person. I'm glad they're moving on from me. Okay. I mean, we'll say the only place that the, the only person that fits that metaphor is Cole, but I'm with you. I'm glad they are moving past the uh, the whole in a wheelchair gimmick. It was funny while it lasted. You kind of hit, you've hit it. Um, How long do you think so I go on with the, the next strong thing? What'd you say? How long do you think they carry on with the whole a while that, that they're selling merch on that? So they're going to run that to the ground. But at least he's out of the wheelchair. True. He's, he's next strong. I'll take you on next strong. He'll take on anyone. Bad band. Bad, bad. And then one LT photo pointing out, pull back on the screaming names too, please. He could do that. It is. It does get a bit weird, but I, I, I land, so especially the names that don't work well like renee and you know it's fun it, it works with adam it works with dasha samoa but now but some of the names are, are a little harsh it's just him yelling yeah it it, it just like I said sometimes it's funny sometimes it, it's uh it's a bit much so i could see that but he's writing you know what i will always say for wrestlers if you fully embrace a character, you win me over, and he is really running with this character. So, oh God, look who's in our chat. It's Kate. Oh, Ryan. You know what, Kate? Go away. You're going to time her out? Jeez. I didn't time her out. I'm not that rude. Uh, so, interesting. Back, we go to break after the wheelchair gets unceremoniously tossed from the stage. And we come back, and Renee's in the back outside MJF store. So I guess she's getting ready to, to interview the champ. And out of nowhere, Mike Man Page walks up, which I think is kind of neat because, like, you're in the locker room area. In theory, these guys would just be walking around. And so, we, you know, because you're not the reason I say neat is like a lot of times, both here, both in AEW and in WWE, a lot of this crossover happens in the interview area. And you're kind of like, why would you be in the interview area? Like, if you're not being interviewed, why are you there? Whereas here, um, you know, it, it's kind of neat that they're they're in the, uh, you know, it makes more sense to be in the locker room. So it's just a minor thing that I liked. But Hangman, she wants to talk to, uh, so Hangman's like, well, I'll talk to you, Renee. And he, he ends up cutting a promo on uh, Swerve Strickland, which was very good, you know, basically being like, Oh God, this punk's back. Uh oh. 
Do you uh, understand that as I was about to get going, um, literally everything went black. And I thought it was just my house. We blew a fuse. And then I heard a pop in the distance. And my entire street is black. Like, I can't see lights coming from anywhere. It's fucking creepy, man. Yeah, that's that's not good. Kate brings up a good point here. Aunt. You might want to save your phone battery, though. Uh, I'm not worried about that. I'm, I'm not staying on here, but I just wanted you guys uh, to know that I'm very much living in a world right now that reminds me of The Walking Dead. And, um, like, I went to see, like, if it was just my block or maybe... You know, like maybe the end of the street was still lit or something. No, everything's out. And I just saw people on their front steps with their phones up, with their flashlights on. Like, everything's out. It's creepy, man. It is funny, though. Like, if you were to, I mean, it's cold, so I wouldn't suggest doing it. But if you were to go for, like, a walk right now, you would find out which people had generators. I know the people behind me directly do because I hear it. As soon as the power went out, I heard it going. Like they have one of those ones that's connected to the gas. And uh, as soon as the, your energy is cut, like it just turns on. I need one of those. That wouldn't help so me with internet. Full power. Oh, full power. And they're the best you part is there's the internet. How would I keep internet with no cable? Why wouldn't you have cable if you had power? If the cable's out, I don't know well, what's out right now. Power's out. Yeah, but I don't know if the. Oh, everything's back. I'll be on in a minute. <laughs> All right, see you. <laughs> oh, I'll continue. Why so, hey, man. So, he, he has his, uh, so Strickland has his, um, I mean, so Hangman cuts a promo where Strickland basically saying, you came into my house, you went into my son's bedroom, and then you choked me. It took three of you, but you choked me out and beat me. And you beat me. He conceded, which I liked. And then he said, but this isn't over. I know what you want, and I won't let you get there. But what I liked about that line wasn't like, we're going to have another match. Because I don't need another match right away. To me, it read like, Swerve, I know you're going for that title. And I'm not going to let you get that title. I liked it for two reasons. One, it's just a cool thing for Hangman to say, and it should be acknowledged. Two, without saying it's the title, it instantly puts Swerve in the title picture. Because like, what else would Swerve want? So yeah, then, and it's it's a good way okay. to keep the story going for for the future when it, if they revisit a year from now or whenever. Exactly, you can always come back. So then, as uh, Hangman is talking to Renee, MJF comes out and MJF starts giving Hangman the business, kind of like back when MJF was a full blown heel. Basically, he said, "Oh, how was that match? Were you guys trying to figure out who would get an STD first? Or um, basically just started ripping Hangman, and Hangman would come back with shots, and it was it was you know again I don't I wasn't prepared so I don't have all the the insults, but I I always just encourage it. I'm not ever going to do a, pro, uh, a promo justice anyway. What I will say is it was one of the most fun exchanges I've had, seen between the two of them, where they took some shots, but they were all legitimate. Again, Hangman saying like you had a boring match, MJF saying like you guys just bled. Uh, Who's the champ? Who wasn't the champ? I beat you. You beat me. It was like one of those fun few. The reason it's even more fun, though, is because it's clearly setting something up between Hangman and MJF. Not right away, 
Though, if MJF were to lose to Samoa Joe, I mean, what could be right there is like a, a mini feud coming out of it. Of course, it depends on how, uh, how you know, the, the devil storyline plays out, which we'll get to in a second. I do want to point out a one LTV photo saying, how do you see biscuit? That was funny. Um, I, I, but he wanted to LT also saying it's going to be fucking pissed when hanger costs sort of at revolution. I don't think that's going to happen. Though it could, well, we'll have to see, but, uh, so Joe, so Hangman gets in Joe's, I mean, in MJ's face, and out of nowhere comes about Joe basically being like, leave him alone, he's mine. And I, I just love this, that Joe's whole theory right now is, I just got to keep you healthy enough to get you to the pay-per-view so I can beat the ever-living hell out of you. That is diabolical. I'm literally keeping you healthy enough so I can, so I can destroy you. Like, that is just, I love it. And Joe is the perfect person for this. Um, so then that, the, the, I'm trying to, I don't know how long, I don't know how long it's going to take Ant to get his internet back up. So I'll just keep going. Do you have any comments on that though? No, I want to say it's fun. It's, it's nice to see MJF kind of back in his usual, like quick wet, um, you know, put downs and, um, it's, it'll be fun to see what happens with the devil stuff and the kind of plan to see that like well, maybe it's Heyman now as a part of this devil thing. And you know, we'll see later on tonight more more hints of they're trying to plant seeds of you no, know, maybe it is him, maybe it's someone else. Well, so you, you you actually made me remember something that's a very good point. MJF flat out accuses Hangman of being the devil. Saying I think you might be the devil. And then Hangman kind of laughs and goes, you know, we know what kind of manipulator you are. You're the devil. Like, we know the game you're playing. I just love that because it'd be stupid to not acknowledge that one Hangman might be. You know, he's he's, he's a bad guy. Not a bad guy, but he hates MJF, I should say. But it's also great because it acknowledges that MJF is a manipulator and he's always played games and he's going to continue to play games. So... If you don't acknowledge that, you're, you're doing a disservice to MJF. So I, I just really like that exchange. And it will fit in perfectly for how they frame what goes on in a few minutes. Now, we're joined by a third who seems to have power. My God. That could have been way worse because I was on. They saw. They said the prediction wasn't was that power would be restored at 3 a.m. They were way off. Always seem to be. Now I'll get a phone call at 3 a.m. Like, your power's been restored. My guess is that they were able to reroute it through a different line. Who the hell knows? I don't know how any of this works, Ryan. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to throw you off. Go ahead. What What were you talking about? Where were you? No, we just got done the, the, the hangman uh, MJF interaction, and we were moving on. But if what were your comments on their... their... Uh, so I don't know what you guys were talking about in regards to this, but I think it's an interesting idea. Um, having hangman be the devil. Now I don't think it is, but I like them throwing out these things that I think are supposed to throw you off the scent because literally when he said that, I was like, you know what? That's intriguing. Like it could be hangman. And what if it's hangman with the devils being the dark order? Like all of it would make sense. It could. I don't think it is though. 
and and while well, I said Joe, I also like that Hangman called called out MJF, basically being like, "We know who you are. You're probably the devil. You're probably framing this whole thing." Because one thing that I hate in wrestling, and and again, it happens every company. So this isn't me. I hate it in wrestling when they go when a when a bad guy turns good, and suddenly everyone just believes him. I was like, "Oh, you're a good guy. So so we like you." No, this guy's been an asshole for the last four years. Don't just forgive that. Don't forget who he's been. So to say to him, like, you're the ultimate manipulator. You very, you definitely would be the one to, um, oh, Scott, sorry, I got caught reading Scott George's explanation of power, but you would definitely be the one that, that, uh, wears a devil match so that when, Everyone thinks you're down and out. Your devils come out and protect you. Like I, I, that's one hundred percent something that the old MJ, MJF would do. Yeah, for sure. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's it's an intriguing thought. Do I think it's him? No. Um, but I do like them sort of throwing out these other names to sort of throw you off the scent. When clearly it's Marco Stunt. Oh, it's got to be Marco Stunt. Oh, hi, Jesse Ozog. Sorry, I'm no already stopped the show for Jesse. I, I don't care. I wasn't here. So hi, Jesse. How are you? Uh, can I also give you my thoughts on the first match of the night? You hated it. It was too soft for you. No, that's rarely what I would say. I actually really enjoyed the match. I thought there was a chance that Moxley lost that match. Like, I honestly wasn't sure what they were going to do. Um, that was a pretty incredible match. Um, but, you know, we're building a story here. We'll get to it to it later. Well, uh, well, that goes back to the whole tournament thing, though, Ant. When you when you have a guy like Brody, you know, has two wins and you have uh, Eddie with zero wins, you legitimately don't know. Roosh could come right. in. And so, I, that, like, I kind of expected Mox to win, but would I have been shocked if if you told me no, you know, this wants Roosh to give Roosh a bit of whatever. I would like you. Okay. Right. No. Yeah. I mean, it, it would have been okay if Moxley lost. He didn't. We're building, you know, again, we're building a story. We'll talk about it as we get further yeah. into the show. And Ant, real quick. Yeah. I don't, I don't want to waste a lot of time going back. So covering stuff, Joe and I covered while you weren't here, but it's important sure. because you're here. Mm-hmm. And I, I, in case anyone misses, I brought up the, the, the ending spot of the first match where, Moxley hit a lariat into the Death Rider, then into a rear naked choke. I just thought that was a great spot. Like, as spots go, that was a good spot. I don't know if this is approved, but there's nobody here to stop it, so I'll allow it. Um, Yeah, good spot. Um, And I did like the fact that Roosh did not tap. He It was stopped because he was, you know, choked out. Then he got uh, mad. Yes, then he got mad, which I love because he got up and he was like, what? We're still fighting. And the referee was like, no, 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 it's over. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, that was a yeah. great reaction. Um, yeah, I enjoyed some people online trying to be like, look, Roosh doesn't want to do business. Guys, that was the most scripted thing I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. He got up like any other fighter in anything. Watch any UFC when a guy doesn't realize that he's been choked out and, and you know, sometimes they get released. The first thing they do is try to sort of get up or reach for the guy. And the referee's like, no, man, this is over. You were out. Like, it all was perfect. Uh, Schlong, I'll let you keep going, please. Oh, okay. Um, so we like, move on? 
you trying to catch up or <laughs> no i'm fully caught up everything's open all right well i was gonna say we were moving on to mark briscoe versus shane swear strickland mm-hmm. uh this is a continental classical match so there are two different things going on here um you had you have Shane Strickland going for Swerve Strickland going for uh, nine points, which would put him in the lead with uh, Mox, and then you have Mark Briscoe trying to uh, fight away elimination, having zero wins. Uh, this was one heck of a match, a lot of back and forth. There was a, a suplex off the guardrail outside, which is a really good spot. Uh, there was a Mark's froggy bow, which I thought might have ended it. Because again, I was sh- I'm, you know, but in the end, uh, Swerve hits his stomp, um, and and wins the match. So you have Mark Briscoe has to still wrestle, but he's out of the tournament, and Swerve is now primed to continue to move forward. Um, I, I I'm shocked actually. I don't know if anyone else is as shocked at, as uh, Mark going out so early. I don't know how you guys feel, Ant. I'm just surprised that he hasn't gotten any wins, no points. Um, I thought maybe he'd get some sort of point somewhere before he's sort of mathematically eliminated. So it is a little bit of a surprise there for me. But I think, Ryan, like we were talking last week, like after, after full gear with Swerve and Hangman, after that showing, I mean, Swerve is made, right? Like, he was already over with the crowds, and now he's even more over with the crowds. Like, it doesn't matter where they go or whose hometown or anything like that. Swerve comes out, and it and he owns that that building. Like, I, you know, didn't think that he was going to lose this match just because I think he's going to, win the tournament now again who knows but it's just what i think is going to happen now so i didn't think he was going to lose but to your point i am a little surprised that mark briscoe has nothing um and that's going to be interesting too because you know he's going to play spoiler right so you know is he going to maybe get a little more violent to try to knock somebody out of this tournament who he doesn't want in the tournament you know what i mean like is there somebody he's trying to exact revenge on is he just going to you know try to fight like hell to just get any points like we can see a different side of mark briscoe now but i think that that this match was was really fun and it was a little bit of a you know a little bit of a different match for both guys right swerve was in a match where, you know, this was a little more sort of hard hitting, even though Mark Briscoe can move, you know, and catch air and stuff like that. And then for Briscoe swerve is more of a sort of finesse, you know, high flyer wrestler. So this was a little bit of a different, you know, I wouldn't necessarily call it clash of styles, but outside of what we're used to seeing these guys face. So it was uh, an interesting matchup. I thought it was a really fun match. And Joe, before we get your opinion, I just want to say, hello, Greg Cherry. See, you guys could do it, and I can do it too. No, 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 we're not. We're not doing that. We're not. It's one person, Wait, and one it. person only. No, I did it. I did it. So, Joe, what did you think of this match? Uh, it was my favorite match uh, of the night. Actually, they uh, got a lot of time. It continues to highlight how good Mark is as a single competitor, and how much he can how how much he can go in the ring one v one. And uh, one spot that came before 
the suplex off the barricade. What that liked is the um, swerve diving elbow to the back of Briscoe's head. Um, just a nice little aerial spot that I liked since you're talking spots. But um, yeah, it was a match where a lot of these matches in this tournament have been really good. And um, a lot of swerve matches have been really good. I can't remember. The, I'm trying to remember the last swerve match where I thought it wasn't awesome. Because, I mean, the guy had been just on a roll with whoever he's in the ring with. It, 100%. So it's brought up in the chat, and I guess I got to acknowledge. So we're going to get a lead. Kate is pointing out that Lethal and and Kate and 1LT Photo are both pointing out. I wish I'd seen 1LT's first. Uh, Kate and 1LT Photo are both pointing out that your next matchup is going to be uh, Jay Lethal versus Mark Briscoe. Now, they're both 0-3. Well, you have... don't know that yet about Jay Lethal. He could win oh, over... I'm sorry. Wait, Jay won. That, I mean, that's not a spoiler because it's tonight. That's an ROH story. Like that's an, that, There's a lot of history there. They could spin that into something fun. Yeah, I mean, there are a lot of stories that um, that they they're, they're, they sort of can use in this tournament, right? Like tonight, we got a promo, a video package about sort of the history between Jay Lethal and Jay White. So, and there there is a little bit of history there <clears throat> with New Japan, right? So, um, they definitely will will play on the Ring of Honor history. Who knows if this will lead into something happening at Ring of Honor? Because who the fuck knows, but you know, it's, um, it's definitely something that's going to happen. Right. So they'll lean on that story. If they don't, they're stupid. Then we have, um, Renee Paquette interview Mariah May backstage. Wait, who? And she asked, what you say? Who? Renee Paquette. I don't have the soundboard. I'll do it if you just give a fucking qualifier. Ravishing. Ravishing? Renee Paquette. Uh, I thought you were going to do it yourself. No, you're doing this now. I'm just supporting. Okay. okay. Now Interviews I have Mariah. All right. Interviews Mariah May backstage. Uh, asks her how her meeting with... Uh, with Tony Khan went, and she says it went lovely. They talked about Tony's a big fan. He watches stardom. He's watched her matches. They're, they they can't wait to debut her, but it's got to be done at the right time. But that doesn't matter because tonight is about Tony Storm, the marvelous Tony Storm and her, her night. Um, what I found interesting about this was two things. One, Mariah May looked annoyed that Renee Paquette was interviewing her and not RJ City. So I love that somehow RJ City is probably going to get involved with a non-romantic, the boy is mine feud. Like they're not feuding for his heart, but they're feuding for his services, which I just think is hilarious. Two, even though by the end she was all adoring to Tony Storm, am I the only one who kind of read in that interview that she was a little like hesitant to didn't really want to transition to making this about tony storm you know the i'm sorry go ahead joe go ahead no go ahead i I, my point probably comes later on the match so we'll talk about that then i was actually going to say ryan i understand what you're saying but i sort of felt like mariah didn't want to make it about herself and she wanted to keep the focus on tony storm 
I mean, that works too. I, I think either way kind of plays out. You could have like sure. the reaction could have been either way. I do know they've they've laid the seeds for the, the RJ City thing because when Mariah got interviewed by RJ when before she went into Tony's office, then Tony Storm was mad that RJ wasn't around. So right. they are they are planting those seeds. All right. So Joe, do you have any comments on the interview or do you want to wait till uh No, when you went to the match. Okay. So then we so then we have what we think is gonna be our tag match of Samoa Joe and MJF versus the masked devils. But apparently Samoa Joe is a half-ass security guard because he didn't stay with Max the whole time. So he walks out on his own and gets to the ring. And the lights start flashing. And he gets surrounded by the devils doing a little dance on the outside of the ring. Looked really weird. Then the lights go out for a fairly long time. Like I thought maybe someone's what'd you say, Joe? Joe? Like Ant's house over there with the power out. Yeah, it was it's like someone blew a transformer. I thought I did think I saw people dancing outside. So, <laughs> how creeped out would you be if you look at just people in devil's masks? Like, that would be freaky. I'll tell you something, man. I'm dead serious, and I don't mean to keep going back to my minor blackout here, but it did very much seem like a stranger situation. And that is one of the most frightening movies. I, I, I don't get scared at movies a lot, but the, the, uh, the strangers fucking creeped me the fuck out. That's a great movie. So every time something like this happens, especially like the entire surrounding area, the first thing that went through my head is, holy fuck, please don't let anybody be walking around. There's strangers out here now. Um, so then the lights eventually come back on. Someone flips the switch and Joe's by himself. Which always makes, by the way, the lights out thing always makes me laugh a little bit because it runs under the assumption that the guy in the ring can't see in the dark but the guys outside the ring absolutely 100 can see in the dark what if they were wearing night vision goggles you know what if you turn on the light and you just see them with like night vision goggles on the top of their head i would i'd be totally on board with it um, i think we should bring that in so then the devil's up on the screen big head and this is like nod and it cuts to the back and it's mjf laid out with a glass bottle broken all around, bro broken apparently over his head. And Joe runs out of the ring, and he's got a good go. So that match isn't happening, which kind of sucks. Like, I hate when that is my least favorite trope to say a match is coming. I get for TV, but it still kind of sucks. Um, again, Joe kind of sucks at security, too. Like, why weren't you walking with Max? You know he's a target. Uh, yeah, so why weren't you with Max? What'd you say? I said, yeah, Joe, why weren't you with Max? Yeah, come on, Joe. Oh, wait, you're Asian, Joe. I'm sorry. We were looking yeah, for some more. So, there's two things online. It's a beer bottle. Hangman Adam Page. But it's real glass. Well, more importantly, is it a Molson or a Labatt Blue? No label. That, But I, I know, understand that, but... It's Canada. Is it Molson or Labatt? I mean, these I mean, are things I, I don't know. There's a lot of branding in that arena for Molson. Then it's Molson. Well, no. Whoever's branded in the arena, they tend to be the one that sells the beer. No, that's right. I know. 
I did like how the the tile, the world tile, just kind of nicely strung out and face up. Like it just happened to fall perfectly next to Max. No, not like if you get if you get knocked over the head, the belt's gonna go flying somewhere. <laughs> well, I kind of ran under the assumption they laid it out in front of him, but I actually like your idea better. Of everything nicely plotted, of like that he was carrying it, and as he got knocked, he just grabbed it and placed it there, and then dropped his arms. <laughs> fun well i will i will say this in a in a in a shoot world um the leading up to this match uh there was a lot of a lot of reports out there saying uh, they weren't sure how this was going to go down anyway because mjf is dealing with a torn labrum that is worse than they thought but not as bad as they think would require surgery so I did see some things out there that Max said he thought they could work very specific style matches up until the pay-per-view where he really wouldn't be involved or do a lot of smoke and mirrors. Something tells me that this was either deemed smoke and mirrors where this wasn't going to happen or they were planning on doing something and then they they decided today at some point without saying the match has been pulled due to injury they were like, we can't risk it. We're just going to run this angle and then we'll figure it out on the way to the pay-per-view. Because if he's if he's as hurt as they they say he is or that it's rumored he is, they can't risk wrestling him until the 30th at the pay-per-view. Which, once again, why the hell does he have tag titles? I don't disagree. I think they need to get the Ring of Honor titles off them because now you essentially have two injured champions, right? Like nobody can defend these titles. So I I don't know. It's um it's going to be interesting to see what happens. I just keep thinking towards the pay-per-view, right? Like if he really is this hurt, how is like what's going to happen to the pay-per-view because if he wins then he's got to move on to something else you can't just have him not wrestle like if he needs some sort of surgery you know have him drop the belt have surgery rehab then give it back to him and continue the story that you wanted to tell but like this is a really bad scenario if you ask me with what they're trying to do because they've got a ton of fucking stories going on right now and they've essentially just thrown hangman into into the pool you know what I mean? Like now you're throwing another fucking body into the MJF story. So like you've got Samoa Joe, you've got Wardlow, you've got now essentially Hangman Adam Page and anybody else who's sort of, and you've got the devil and maybe Roddy Strong if he's not the devil. You know what I mean? So like there's so much going on. This is a terrible spot for them to be in if he's really hurt. Yeah, because the stories are great. At least in my opinion, I know some people are kind of bored of it. I still really enjoy the story, but if he's hurt, it it just it changes everything. Yeah, and he is they, hurt. But like if he's hurt so much that he's unable to wrestle at all, it changes everything. Well, and I think that's the thing is they think that it can be resolved with, um, they think that it could be resolved with non-surgical options, but I mean that's that's the thought that doesn't mean that that's actually true. Like he could require surgery, but they are not going to know until who knows when. 
you know, it's just a really, really bad spot to be in. And I'm with you, Ryan. I like the stories they're telling. Like, I'm not tired of them because every time, listen, I think what people are tired of are the tropes, right? Like, they're tired of the sports entertainment-y type stuff. I understand what Max said. He said it in a in a scrum one time. He's like, listen, we offer different flavors of everything. Something is sports entertainment. Something is, you know, hardcore. Something is technical wrestling. I'm offering you one flavor. We've got 13 other flavors. I'm okay with it because of that. I just think that they've got a lot of things wrapped up in MJF right now that if this falls apart because of injury, how are you going to pivot all of these stories and put them into a holding pattern? Because I don't know what a torn labrum surgery recovery looks like, but if it's like three months, that's a long time to go into a holding pattern. Yeah. I'm, they're, they're, it's You kind of have to, you're, you're going to have to have almost like the devil put, um, put, put MJF out basically. If, if the, if the devil isn't MJF, you're going to have to have him put MJF out if he needs surgery. Correct. Now you bring up an interesting thing, Ryan, and this is a question to both of you is if this does wind up being MJF is the devil, he's sort of pre-planning all of these things to sort of get out of whatever situation he's in. Are you going to be disappointed that it's not somebody and it's MJF just fucking with everybody? Depends on the crew. Who's okay, the crew so, with him? I mean, you tell me. Who would the crew? I don't be? know. Like, I don't have that figured out because I haven't. If he has a fun crew where I'm like, oh, this is pretty interesting, I'm not totally against it because it, there's some logic there. It's not my favorite outcome. I'll say it that way. I'm not, there's logic enough there. This isn't a McMahon in the corporate ministry thing where like there was no logic to his reveal. This, there's there's some logic for for MJF to be his own devil because he's just playing everyone, and the devil hasn't cost him anything yet. And if anything, the devil's kind of protected him. So there's a lot, but it's my least favorite of the outcomes, even more so than Jeff Barrett. What do you think, Joe? I don't think I'd be disappointed. I think in my head, I always had it about like a 40 percent chance it could be him. So, um, I think you know he's smart enough and and interesting enough as a performer to to not deliver. Um, like Ryan said, but depending on who's with them, I think it could, he he would make an interesting and compelling story regardless. Um, I don't. I mean, would people be all that excited for Adam Cole? I mean, that's the other one that we've always kind of put odds on favor to possibly be. I mean, if he ends up being the devil, are we going to be wowed by that too well that was actually going to be my next my next question so that's a good segue joe is okay so we're not necessarily disappointed if we're going to get because i wouldn't i'm sort of in ryan's camp i wouldn't be disappointed if it's mjf but he does have to have the right supporting cast like i don't want to see guys that he's been tied to in the past i want to see different group right like if it's MJF is the devil and maybe one of the people he has working with him is, you know, uh, let's just say Jack Perry, right? Because his name has been thrown around in a bunch of stuff. If for some reason he's got this thing worked out with Jack Perry, where Jack Perry's supporting MJF, 
you know, even throw out other crazy names, like he's got the Bucks that are in his pocket now. And this is what the Bucks have sort of moved on to, right? Like if it's an interesting group and it all sort of can work, I'm not, I'm not opposed to that. But conversely, there's been a lot of names thrown out there now for who the possible devil could be. You know, Jack Perry's a name that gets thrown out there. Sammy Callahan, Mustafa Ali, if these guys can come in. Um, you know, Hangman Adam Page got brought up tonight, right? So that's the reason I'm going to throw him into this mix as well. And anybody else you could possibly think of being being the devil, who would be your best case scenario and worst case scenario? Not MJF. Uh, Joe, I'll throw it to you first since you brought up the devil. Let's see, best case scenario. And what I think a lot of some reports have been saying is already someone who works for the company already. From what and, depends where have you, it. Yeah. Um I'd be more I'd be disappointed if you're Jack Perry. I don't want that. I don't want that. Yeah, I I don't know who. Yeah, that'd be my least my my most disappointment. I guess would be Jack, but I don't know about who would blow me over as far as the, who would be the devil that would wow me. Okay, Ryan, any anybody on your radar like your best so case? Disappointing is also what I think is maybe the most likely, which is Jack Perry. Unfortunately, um, I just feel like I just feel like the devil sounded like him. But that could be a swerve. Uh, the most fun, my favorite one, which I don't think it is because by all reports, it doesn't seem like it would line up, would be Mustafa Ali. Because you would have an outside guy who people are excited for. It would be a fun way to bring him in. I don't think, and that's mainly because a lot of times with stuff like this, the, when someone like the devil gets revealed, Sometimes the most fun thing is when it's someone completely out of left field, but they have to be at a certain level for that to matter. So like Mustafa would, whereas like Sammy Callahan, no, no, he's just not. Um, realistically, I'll give you, what'd you say, Joe? I said Bobby Fish. Uh, now, here's another name. Sorry, I don't mean to throw a monkey wrench into things. I did see somewhere today that there are reports that Kyle O'Reilly has been backstage, but it's unclear as to when he's going to be ready to return. What if it's Kyle O'Reilly trying to throw a monkey wrench into Adam Cole and MJF? And maybe he's working with, uh, with Roddy on the side. You know what I mean? Like there, there are so many ways they could go. It's, you know, like, Here's my fear. And I'm Ryan, I'm with you. Sammy Callahan does nothing for me. He's never really done anything for me in any time at any time I've seen him. Like I get it. He's tight with Mox and they want him there and blah, 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 blah. He does nothing for me. So I don't want to see Sammy Callahan. Mustafa Ali is intriguing. It would all depend on his his contract when it when his non-compete is up. I think I was seeing in some places it was early December or mid-December. So who knows? But at the same time, uh, or not at the same time, this this to me is one of the most important stories that they're telling 
this has to pay off in some way or else this has been a huge waste. Like, I think this is keeping some people engaged to see where it's going. And it's keeping some of the conversation going about what's happening. So to me, if they swing and miss at this with it being somebody like Sammy Callahan, that to be honest, I don't think most of the wrestling community outside a lot of the people who watch other promotions like, you know, impact are, are going to care about. Like, I think this is a huge miss, but I don't know. Do you guys feel the same way? If they swing and miss at this, is this going to, you know, I think it's detrimental to what they're trying to do. They would be better off with a, how do I want to say this? You're okay if you get it. For this, for this type of reveal, a warm or tepid response is okay. You cannot miss. So, like, a warm or tepid response might be MJF as the devil. Some people mm-hmm. would, would hate it, but a lot of people just be like, okay, it is what it is. A miss is Sammy Callahan. And again, that's not an insult to him. It's just he doesn't fit this role. I'm not here for this. Right. If you're looking, again, I, I think Mustafa would be my most fun. If you're looking internally at AEW, which is more realistic, there's a couple things. I think Cole is always a fun one, but I don't think he's healthy. Um, what would be fun is Cole with the kingdom. Cole is the devil. The kingdom has his means because he doesn't have to wrestle. But that's all this has been floated. I am not floating original ideas here. Um, right. All those are fine. All those, I think if you, I think if it's any combination of Cole, Kingdom, Roddy, whatever, I think you're fine. I think if you do someone like Sammy Callahan or someone really weird, you're, you're, you've messed up. You know, it could be, I was thinking your way too, Ryan, with it could be Cole. It could be Cole, right? He's been missing because he's, you know, like it's real that he's had ankle surgery, right? But you can also play that into the story. Well, where's he been? Why are we only getting phone calls between him and MJF, right? Like he only showed never up. actually see the devil either, right? And and then there was one night, was it one night when Adam Cole was there that the devil appeared on the screen? Just one night, I think. Yeah. So it could be Cole is the devil and he's the reason like they could play it off is I'm hurt. I don't have the ability to do this myself. So I'm having these people do my bidding could be the kingdom and Roddy. It could be um, maybe Kyle, you know, maybe then that's when they'd reveal that Kyle O'Reilly's back. Right. So now you have that whole faction. I hope he's able to wrestle again. Obviously we talk about news and all, but he's so good. Yeah, he was having a great showing right up until he got hurt. Like, I felt like, Ryan, we were saying constantly, this is great because people can now see, you know, people who haven't seen Kyle O'Reilly can see how good he really is. Like, yeah, and and even people who had, who had seen him in NXT, they were giving you a weird version of him at the time. They weren't giving you good Kyle O'Reilly. So it was just, it'd be like, I feel like the only Danielson that you saw was Kane and and uh, and um, Kane and Danielson as tag partners, which again actually had some entertainment to it. So I don't want to completely trash that. I kind of enjoyed it, but 
it'd be like that being the only Danielson that you saw. Right. That's not really Danielson. Yeah. And that wasn't really Kyle O'Reilly. So if that would be amazing. But again, the only real miss to me, the only way you can mess this up is if we're going to rank this, if I'm going to go back and rank the ways you mess this up, the first is someone like an outsider who no one gives a damn about. And, yep. and not even because I don't like this. So like, Gives a damn about in this role, I'm going to say. Listen, you could bring Sammy. If they want to bring Sammy Callahan in on his own role, doing his own thing, he could develop into something people want to see. That's fine. But you don't start him off as a devil. So someone like Sammy, some other outsiders that no one is aware of or whatever. Agreed. MJF comes in behind that. If you skate away from those two, I think you're pretty solid everywhere else. Dude, I'm with you on the Sammy Callahan, too. Just, just I want to back you up there, too, because... If you want to bring Sammy Callahan in, because apparently, like, uh, again, depending where you read, a lot of the rumors are saying that Moxley was pushing to bring in Callahan. Dude, bring him in with the BCC. Boot out Wheeler Yuta or something like that. You know what I mean? Like, you, he can be part of the BCC, and I'll buy it. You know what I mean? Like, I could buy that. But not the devil. I'm with you. Yeah. Sorry to All derail, right. gentlemen. Go ahead, Ryan. Keep going. I for, No, honestly, I forgot I was the one doing it. Um, Hold on. Oh, my page is moving, and it's not staying. See when that happens. Your mouse auto-clicks into something, and it just keeps moving up and down. So we get back. So they go out to commercial with that. We get back, and John Moxley's in the back. He's uh facing away from camera, which was kind of odd. I don't. I mean, it ended up working, but it just looked weird at first to have him facing away and kind of not acknowledging it for a couple seconds. Um, but then he comes back. Then he turns around. He's basically like, I'm going to win this thing because I'm the ace in the of the world and I'm the man I'm leading. And then banana, baby, come in and they, they, they essentially just talk shit to each other. And, you know, Swerve's like, says, I'm going to win. And Mark said, well, I'm going to win. And Well, they're going to prove it next week made me realize that we're going to get them next week. And that's just ridiculous. Like that match is going to be insane. And I don't know who's going to win because yes, I do think this is swerves to lose. And I do think this is swerves world, but at the same time, I don't think they want swerve having the belt because I think they see him for the AEW championship. So like, I'm going to, I'm going to spoil it for you and say that it's a time limit draw. I honestly, I, I forget they have them. Good call, Joe. I don't hate that. I don't, or or it could even be something stupid like a ca- double count out, right? Because they would still get a point for that. So yeah. maybe it doesn't even need yeah. to go to it. But I think we that's got, right. right. And I think, but I'm with you, Joe. I think that's the only move they can make. I I, I think you want to keep Moxley strong as a possible contender for this. And, you know, maybe he ultimately doesn't get it. But I don't think you can have Swerve lose to Moxley. I think people would be really pissed off if Swerve straight up lost. I if I was booking, I'd have Swerve almost win, but run out of time. It's a possibility. I wouldn't hate the, it. The only thing you could do is you could have Swerve win, and then he could lose later, like lose a, a second match, because at least he's beaten Mox. So like, I'm just well, thinking, on, who's he got? Who's he got left to wrestle? I, so I'm literally pulling up. So. Roosh, right? You can't really have a lose to Roosh. I love Roosh, but no. 
I think Swerve has to win out. And he could just lose in the championship. That I mean, that would be the only way you could have him lose is getting to the end and losing in the and match. Something, and something screwy happy, happening in the championship and having him lose. But this way, you can't say that you didn't build him up because you would have had, had him beat Jay White, Jay Lethal, Mark Briscoe, Roosh, and especially John Moxley. Like, there's just no way. Like, you, 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 after just having been Hangman Adam Page, it. I just don't want to see this coming down to a final, and then there being there being shenanigans causing him to lose, because they've done such a good job in forcing the nobody at nobody at the ringside. You know, everybody's banned. Like. Uh, that's my only thing is we can't get to the end and then there's some short sort of schmozzy finish where somebody interferes. But I'm with you. If he gets to the end, the only way that he the only way that they save him is that if he loses that match by the skin of his teeth, he loses, but then he has to move on to the world title picture. They can't then backtrack on it. If they're not going to have him lose and move on to the world title picture, he has to win. Yeah. that. So my having him lose is all dependent on him. If not immediately moving to the world title picture, so clearly on that trajectory that maybe he has a middle feud to just buy time to get him to like where it's his his turn. But if you don't do that, then he absolutely needs to win the title. This, this yeah. tournament. Like there's just no... Yeah, you're right. It's me. Um, oh, it's you, baby. So, Told you, I'm so off then, now. It's time for our Women's World Championship match. And we go to Ben Manko- Mankowitz? Mankowitz, yep. Yeah, Mankowitz, uh, who works for Turner Classic Movies. And he presents Tony Storm. Ben. Fantastic. I, I don't know if I could have been a bigger fan of this. Just to have him have Turner Classic Movies introduce Tony Storm. Like, legit guy. Like, and I know Warner and all. That's good synergy. Like, that's good. That's why Warner yeah. likes AEW. Um, so Tony Storm comes out and she's got Luther uh, to go against Sky Blue, who is, as we've said, kind of in that weird middle ground. She's not a heel. I mean, she's not a face. She is a heel, but what level of heel? She's kind of just a very shallow heel. Um, and I thought it was, a, it was a nice back and forth match. I mean, it wasn't the longest, but I thought, I, listen, you said it earlier, Sky Blue's been really improving, and I they kind of told me why in this match. Uh, I think it was Excalibur pointing out that no female wrestler has had more AEW matches this year than Sky Blue. I think that's what they said. So, like, she has been the workhorse in terms of matches. Well, you know how you get much better? Just continuing to, to wrestle. So I'm glad they, they've done that, which I'm not going to go down the rant, was what Dark was great for. And if you want to do it, you have ROH for. But if you're going to do ROH, you have to actually use it as like proper ROH. You don't use it as Dark, you build it out as ROH. But that's a whole other thing. Um, so this was a back and forth match. At one point, a code blue was hit. I thought, no way. Luckily, I was right because Tony Storm didn't lose. Tony Storm, uh, it's it's you know the suplex so that she could do her running hip attack, and then she hits the jackknife into the pin. Tony Storm retains, kind of goes around the ring, does her black and white celebration. It's fantastic the whole way through. 
I re- like I said, I really enjoyed the match. I think Sky, Sky Blue has just been constantly improving. She went from being just a whatever in the division, like a uh, like never not a whatever, but a young, hopefully one day to her and Julia Hart together. The two of them have just been like, they were there one days and now they're they're like real players. Uh, and Tony Storm was literally the one of the most complete packages in all of wrestling. Uh, Joe, I'll go to you first. What do you think? Uh, yeah, I, I've. It was one of Sky Blue's better matches recently, I thought, and maybe that's just due to having Tony Storm as her dance partner. Um, I feel like they're doing with Sky what, as far as building her up and giving her a lot of reps um, and pushing her, kind of what they did with Anna J initially at the start of the company, where they kind of pushed Anna J for a while, then she kept having injuries, so that kind of derailed her. But I feel like they're kind of doing the same. Uh, you know, playbook for Sky to hopefully build her up. Um, the thing I had issue with that made me think I don't understand what they're doing with her character is uh, for weeks we've seen her come, like her entrance, even her entrance, she comes down brooding and kind of moody and just not like her bubbly self. And this time she comes down, she's doing her, her wink, she's smiling. Um, I just, I didn't, it was more of the baby face presentation than we've, what we've gotten. So that's what made me wonder what we we're doing with her and her character. Um, we are on, um, we are on the same wavelengths, Joe. Okay. Um, just want you to know because we talked about it in the first part. That's the exact same thought I had. I was like, she came out smiling and grinning, and it wasn't like a like a heelish sort of smile and grin. So we're on the same page. I'm sorry yeah. to derail you. Go ahead. No, it's just, it reminds exactly like how she came out. She used to come out with her ball cap and do her little twirl and do her wink. Yep. Um, so yeah, I just, you know, throwing the Scooby Doo gear and like, I'm just confused if you threw that in too. But uh, the only comment I have on the match really was I thought production was really slow in this match as far as getting the, to- uh, the Tony cuts in there where they go black and white with their zoom in. Like they missed a lot of close-ups on her face when she does her pose. Um, they were lagging on the black and white, you know, going from black and white to color. Um, I just felt like it really slowed this match. They also had production issues with that John Mossley interview. I felt like backstage where they're just off time. But other than that, yeah, I um, I I'm don't. I'm not horribly excited about Tony and, and Riho. I didn't get to that yet, Joe. It's uh, all right. I was going to bring it up, but. I do want to say um, if I can call out one spot that I thoroughly enjoyed when Luther put Tony on her, on his shoulders and then she threw, they did the, you know, run on the apron and threw uh, sky blue off uh, onto the floor. Fantastic. Just a great spot. Um, But I also, uh, Joe, I, I, I said the same, or I thought the same thing with the the timing on some of those black and white spots. Maybe it was just the exchange rate that we weren't accounting for, but, um, you know, uh, they've been pretty... You got to add a couple seconds. You got to take away a couple seconds. You know, it, it is what it is. Um, but it is, you know, I, I didn't I didn't hate the match. I'm just, again... To, to reiterate, I'm with Joe. I'm very confused by the presentation from Sky Blue tonight. 
smiling. She stuck her tongue out at one point again. I'm like, what the fuck are we doing? Is she good? Is she bad? Somebody make a goddamn decision and stick to it. Like, you know, beyond that, the match was fine. Uh, to tag on to Joe, Ryan didn't get to the post match. Do you want to recall the post match, Ryan? I was pulling an ant where I waited till after to. Well, I cover everything through, but it's okay. No, you do the match and then we do post. It's very, very. This is your. I'll check through the match. What was that? I'll check the tape. Usually I give the match cut to the end post match. Give me your thoughts. So Rio would agree. I know that much. What was that? I know Jesse Ozog would agree with me, but. I love that I'm leaning forward and it does not change how I hear you. It's just a habit. I know. Um, Post match, Riho runs in uh, and uh, drop kicks Tony Storm to, I guess, issue her challenge. Now, I know, first of all, I'm a Riho fan, so her name is Riho and she's dead. Sorry. But I get it, Ant. You're not. And the one knock on Rio is she comes and she goes, well, Ant has many knocks, but the. But the one knock that I will agree with on Riho is that she comes and she goes a lot. It's like you even Aunt, may like her more if she was consistently here because you would have had something to buy into. You might. have. I'm not saying you will. No. But you might. have. The one thing I think we should all note, though, is my guess is her first match is against Mariah May. Mariah's just coming from stardom. That's not a bad way to introduce Mariah May. Is someone whose style she's very familiar with. I don't disagree with you that I think they're going to set up Riho Mariah. Mariah probably loses, which sets up Riho for the title. For what the fuck reason? Who the hell knows? Because she's done nothing and deserves zero title shot besides the fact that she was a champion. What are we doing? There are other women that are here busting their ass that you could build this shit out with. We don't need Riho to come in. I don't like it. It makes no fucking sense. At least with Sky Blue, you could make the argument. Sky Blue has been having a lot of matches. She's had a couple wins and a win streak. She's sort of like the next person in line. So like, okay, let's give her the title shot. That's more believable to me than this shit with Riho just coming in and being like, I want the belt. Fuck off. Get to, I don't. I hate it. I hate all of it. Joe, you, I, I know that you said you, you didn't like this either, but feel free to expand. I have no other way of saying, fuck this. I'm off. I'm out on this. I don't have that level of outrage. I just don't, I'm not a huge fan of. That's a, Looking on the outside, it's hard. Again, I know people have made the comment before, but it's hard for me to take Riho as a serious competitor as far as like her size and the, her style. Um, and more so her style of wrestling is you know, very much fitting of you know, the Joshi style. But like, it just doesn't seem believable if you're trying to wrestle you know, Tony Storm or a Jimmy Hager or someone like that, like how she would have a chance to win. So that's my main issue with always putting her in tile match, tile pictures. At least she has a, a little bit more striking power, and you know, and someone else in the chat, Rio, Rio didn't even bring the pipe this time. Yeah, it's and listen, I'll give 
I'll give them credit. <clears throat> I'll give them credit for at least recalling the the history that Riho and Tony Storm had when Tony Storm was part of the Outcasts. Like, I give them credit for that, but I don't give two fucks about Riho and saying I want a shot at the belt when she hasn't been around at all and um it, it just makes no sense it, it just makes no sense I, I i i i don't know what else to say i can't say anything. me again i'm not gonna argue she shouldn't come back and just get a title shot if you want to bring her back i'm all for that you put her in in a in a in a match against mariah may i get that that is a great introductory match but you got to have Mariah May win then, in my opinion. Um, yeah. Rio has to stay. Now, I will say Rio always gets a crowd reaction. As much as you, you hate it, she does. But I, I can't argue. Um, she just a crowd reaction so Come in and come out. What was that, Joe? She said she just a pop because she's gone for months and then she comes back. Yeah. She just a uh, welcome back pop. And then after that, she's like, eh. Yeah, I just, I, that's what I'm. She does I, not I agree. She gets gets that, but Ryan, I don't mean to derail us here a little bit because I uh, remember I was living in um, a post apocalyptic world with no power whatsoever for I don't know fifteen minutes. Um, did you bring up the interview from earlier on with Roddy Strong in the Kingdom? We did. Okay. Uh, so, do you want to hear the theory I had for that? I'd love to hear your theory. And I just wanted to add one thing about that because I forgot about it. Go ahead. My theory is that, and I don't know if it's true or not, as it read, the wheelchair was symbolizing something. And I was wondering if the wheelchair was symbolizing Adam Cole. Ryan, the wheelchair did nothing but symbolize the fact that we witnessed i guess we would call it a christmas miracle the fact that this man roddy strong with all of the neck issues that he's had confined to a wheelchair um was able to get up under his own power and walk away and say i am healed just he's a faker Ryan, we witnessed a miracle. Joe, I don't understand. We witnessed something amazing. I mean, could I, I mean at some point we could say we could be talking about Saint Roderick Strong. Baker. We've witnessed one miracle. Also, the I fucking the giraffe hoodie is just amazing. They were amazing. They were they were just classics. Though I do so. This is a question, Gord Post Post. Would you be mad if Thunder Rosa returns and gets immediate title shot, title shot since she never lost a title? No, because she went out with injury. And I don't think they'd give her an immediate one, but if they did and had her lose, whatever. She went out with injury. Uh, I would. I Rio would, just comes and goes. I would have to agree. She had to relinquish the title because of injury. I think there were some other stuff going on too, but she definitely was injured. 
Um, I wouldn't be that mad, but I don't think you can just hand it back to her. That would be my only fear is that you can't hand it. She'd have to win. Well, what I'm, I say hand it over, but I mean that she immediately comes in and wins. You know what I'm saying? Um, you come in and you challenge, but you have to earn it. Yeah. You don't want to come back to the real world champion. Oh my God. Please. That would be hilarious. So fucking fantastic. But she doesn't have well, yeah. there's old women's belts, so she could be using one of the old women's belts, but it would be funnier if she just had punk's belt with the X. Scout the real women's champion. Oh my god. Um we're gonna rehash that. So we- right, I didn't mean to throw us back in time. Yeah. I I forgot about that and I wanted to say how happy I was to have witnessed the miracle that we did tonight. Yeah, yeah. I I, I know. So we got a, a commercial package for Adam Copeland versus Christian Cage. Typical stuff we've been seeing. And then we have Jay Lethal versus Switchblade Jay White. So a little Wait. bit of double J. Uh, Switchblade Jay White. Thank yeah. you. A little bit of double J action here. Um, By the way, can I just tell you guys? I don't know if I've actually said this to you before. I'm sorry, Ryan. I don't mean to cut you off. This is, this is fun when I'm not driving the ship and I don't have to worry about this. Um, you guys obviously know that Jay White's nickname is the Switchblade. Yes. This is my Switchblade. Do you know what his yes. nickname is? Jay White? Yes. Exactly. This is Jay White, the Switchblade. I'm what you would call in shock. Uh, Carry on. <laughs> so uh, we move. So we have, you know, Jay versus Jay White. Uh, this kind of continues what we've been seeing from Jay Lethal in the in the Continental Classic, which has been a bit of a new side. Uh, not a new side. It's more like the old side of Jay Lethal, but he's been looking really good. His wrestling has been awesome. They called it out in commentary like he needs to discover whether he's a, what he is without Jeff Jarrett and Satnam Singh and all that. And, and I think that's a good thing. I think, again, we talked about it last week, I'll hype it against stories that the, the, the tournament brings on. So Jay, spoiler, Jay White wins with the, the um, Blade Runner. So Jay Lethal now is disqualified. He can't win the, the, not disqualified, he's out. He can't win the thing. But there's still a story for Jay Lethal that comes out of this. Yes, he lost three matches. But now you have the story of who am I? Am I the guy who carried ROH for so many years? Am I the guy who was who's really good? Or am I the guy who's been hanging out with Jeff Jarrett, Satnam Singh, and Sanjay Dutt? Like, that's a nice story to come out of this. Uh, Switchblade got a much-needed win. He now has, I believe, six points. So he's still in the running, uh, which is good. You can't bury him. He doesn't completely... I still think there's a story to be told of, like, does he get more serious? Are we getting to see more vicious side of him? But if nothing else, um, you know, it, it's nice to see he, he does at least need some wins because you don't you don't want to run that story too much with everyone. You have Daniel Garcia running that story right now. You have Jay Lethal. So Jay White's kind of doing his thing. Um, so what do you guys think of this match? I, I really liked it. I'm not shocked that I like it. These these uh, these two went at it. And this was, I mean, trend of the night was just amazing match versus amazing match. Uh, were you raising your hand or saying go to Joe? Go to Joe. I want to hear Joe, what do you think? Well, first of all, no one's surprised that you liked it. I'm not, and it's not. Nope. All the people to, watching. To quote, to, to quote, to quote a great Adam Copeland, go fuck yourself. 
Whoa. Hold on. Can you can you say We're that again? Dumpster. Go fuck yourself. Nailed it. Perfect. Um the match. For some reason, this match, I never really got into this match, like fully excited level of this match. Um, maybe because it's predictable for me. Maybe that's why. Um, even watching a match, I don't feel like the crowd was that into it for a while. They seem to be getting, having fun just chanting Jay's name, like, you know, Jay or whatever else they're chanting in the crowd to entertain themselves. Uh, I. As far as spots, I I enjoyed Lethal pulling out a torture rack. That's always fun to see. I don't see those enough anymore. And uh, Switchblade's uh, little underhook exploder into the corner there. Um, I liked that a lot. So those were the two spots I liked out of the match. I also enjoyed the spot where Lethal went for the lethal injection. It didn't hit. He hit a different move. And then I think like was able to roll through, get a two count. And then when he came out of that, tried for the lethal injection again and didn't hit it. It got reversed. Like that was just a fun sort of spot. And it's, it's also fun because that's sometimes the criticism. Like it's so stupid. He's got to hit a, a flip before he hits the move, but that's an actual, like that's a really good reversal as he gets sort of kicked out, you know, and immediately can go into the lethal injection, like, you know, to me, it just worked right in that spot. So, but yeah, I think Joe, I, I sort of agree with you. It seemed like the crowd wasn't into it, but as it went deeper, they started to get more and more invested in it because it wasn't like a straight squash. It, it did seem like it could have gone either way. Um, I didn't think Jay white was going to lose this match, but you know, what I did see out of this match is you know, we got exactly what I think we thought we were going to get out of the rest of this tournament from Jay Lethal, right? He's somebody who they put into the tournament so that you could get good matches out, you know, out of anybody that, that he's going to go up against, you know, he's, he gave another good match tonight. Um, they have a, a, a good story to tell between him and Mark Briscoe when they face off um, in their you know, gold league match, even though they're both eliminated there, it's almost for pride. Right. And also there's a lot of history with ring of honor. So they are still able to tell a story, excuse me, a story, even though, um, you know, they both really don't have anything to wrestle for. They're playing spoiler now. Right. So, um, so yeah, I, I like the match, you know, it went the way I think it needed to go. And Ryan, to your point here, just the, the standings, I had them in front of me, the standings, now, after the Gold League matches tonight, uh, Mark Briscoe and Jay Lethal, zero points, both eliminated from contention to win the tournament, but they are playing spoilers from this point out. So um, they both have two matches to go. So they will fight each other once, and then they have to fight whoever's remaining. I just don't remember who the last person is for each one. Um Roosh has three points. He's not technically out yet, but he's pretty close. I think if he loses next week, he's officially out. Jay White has six points, um, so he's still in the running. And Mox and Swerve both have nine points, looking perfect. But, you know, somebody's somebody stands to lose a match next week or have a draw. So we'll see what happens. But listen, these matches have been really good and really entertaining on Wednesday nights, so I'm not 
I'm not going to complain about it. I do, you know, to your point that you said, Ryan, way earlier in the night, you said you think they need to do this every year. They said they were going to make this sort of a thing, right? And I think this is the perfect time to do it, right? It's at the end of the year. If you're going to have an end of the year pay-per-view like World's End every year, whether you're going to call it World's End or you're going to call it something else every year or maybe a TV special, like I think this is a great way to keep people invested in the TV show in a period where you historically don't lead to a pay-per-view before the year's end. And then you can pay it off either at a pay-per-view like World's End if they're going to continue with that or a special Saturday night show or whatever. You can put a final anywhere. So I've loved this tournament. I didn't have high hopes when they first announced it because we didn't know what the stakes were besides some new belt. They added to the stakes. The matches have been entertaining. The stories have been good. Like, I really honestly can't say um, that I've really hated anything in this tournament so far. It's been good stuff. So I'm here for it. So now we move on to the main event. Adam Copeland versus Christian Cage for the AEW TNT Championship. Right. Yes. Sorry. I want to I want to say here too because we obviously have two Canadians, right? Two Canadian wrestlers in Montreal. I don't think you covered this. They did announce during the show. I don't remember where. They announced that they're going back on a can uh, a, a Canadian tour in 2024. So I just wanted to call that out cuz I have the dates. They're going back to Canada March 16th in Ottawa. They're going to have Collision. March 20th, they're going to run AEW Dynamite and Rampage in Toronto. The 27th of March, Quebec City will run Dynamite and Rampage. The 30th will be running um, Collision in on uh, London, Ontario, Canada. Uh, they're going to go April 10th in Winnipeg for Dynamite and Rampage. May 8th for uh, Dynamite and Rampage in Edmonton. May 11th for Vancouver's Collision. And then July 10th, uh, Dynamite and Rampage uh in calgary so obviously big gap there right between may and july but um i just love the fact that they they do this tour of canada and it's a great time to do it obviously you can't risk it in the winter with heavy snow and stuff but great to see they're going back to canada for some of our canadian fans who listen here i know like sj is super pumped about um uh, them going back to canada and her being able to see it yeah i was just about to rag on canada and then got to bring up sj and i like sj so now i can't rag on canada Kind of back me into a corner there, Ant. Don't rag on Canada. If you're going to do anything, blame Canada for that. I definitely blame Canada. Sorry. So go ahead. Adam, Adam Copeland and Christian Cage. Christian Cage. Uh, this match might be defined as two old men beating the living hell out of each other. Uh, it was very well paced. It was hard hitting. They sold me on a couple finishes that I thought, you know, because truthfully, as much as I kind of assumed Christian Cage was coming out of this, would it have shocked me if they gave it to, to Adam Copeland? Not really. I mean, you never know. Uh, yeah, that, that moment where they double spirit each other, that was unique. Uh, I think my favorite moment of the match, though, is when Bryce is like kind of, he's been, he's wobbly and he's looking away, and then Christian just dick kicks him. But it's the way Christian dick kicks him. It's kind of looking around like, eh. uh, and it all comes to an end because in the most, listen, Everyone was predicting this. I saw this prediction everywhere. And it, there's a lot of logic to this. 
Nick Shauna Wayne, Nick Wayne's mom, comes to the ring. And in what I will define as not the best acting. So let me repeat. Christian Cage, after he dick kicks Bryce and Bryce is down, goes and grabs the title to hit Edge. Edge avoids the title. That's when they no, sorry, Copeland avoids the title. That's when they do their double and they're and they're both down. And then they're 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 kind of like getting and then Christian's down, uh Copeland's standing. She comes in the ring, she grabs the title. Well, naturally, I was like, well, she must hate Christian. She's turned that's her son that he's he's and the whole time she's looking at Adam Copeland, like the whole time. She hardly looks towards Christian. It is one of the worst sell jobs I've ever seen. So boom, she nails Copeland with the title. Chris, uh, Christian wakes up Bryce. Oh, Copeland gets him up, hits the um kill switch. Christian wakes up Bryce. One, two, three, retains the title. Again, kind of a predictable outcome. People saw that like predicted that. There is a lot of logic there. I mean, Copeland just beat the hell out of her son. So, like, Christian may have done some bad, but he didn't beat the hell. Well, he did beat the hell. No, he didn't beat the hell out of Nick Wayne. So, like, I'm um, so swear beat the hell out of Nick Wayne. Sorry, it was, took me a while to get there. Um, but but Adam Copeland did. So, like, why would she not help Christian? The man concertoed her son. Uh, she just wasn't good at acting. And all I can say now is I am very much looking forward to the Christian uh, interview when he describes whose daddy he is. Can I say, I'm very interested in seeing if she is now the matriarch of the patriarchy. Because who knows? We She might not be. This might have just been retribution for her. Uh, Adam Copeland concertoing her son twice. She might not be with Christian, but just wanted to cost Copeland his championship. Do I think that's what it is? No. I think she's going to be with the patriarchy. And maybe this that was the catalyst to, to have Christian say to her, do you see he's not the person you thought he was? I care about your son. Like, they can explain all this. I also don't disagree, Ryan. The acting wasn't even good for pornography. So no, it was bad. <clears throat> but the match was excellent. I agreed. The match was fantastic. I think they said this was the first time in 13 years that they've faced each other. Um, and I really enjoyed this. I mean, Copeland coming out um really aggressive in the beginning, right? Taking it to Christian. Um, I, I just really thought. I thought this was fantastic. Now, Jesse Ozog uh, must be reading my mind because that what he put in here um, was exactly something that I thought about could happen coming up. Um, uh, Beth comes in to beat Nick's mom. Uh, well, he said beat off, uh, but I know he means beat up. Uh, so um, I don't see that. It's not ruled out. Now, I think when when Copeland came in, he was asked about Beth and said, you know, like it's not <clears throat> he basically like didn't say no, but he didn't say yes. You know what I mean? So I think there's maybe a possibility. I don't know what her contract looks like with the WWE. Um, I don't know if she's, you know, 
still doing stuff with them. But, you know, there is maybe that possibility, that window open, that they could do something like that. Would I hate it? I probably wouldn't love it because you're now working with, you have a female wrestler working with a non-female wrestler, right? Like, that just never tends to well, that's go why. Well. That's why I don't see it. Nick's mom isn't a wrestler. I don't see that being something they want to do. But I don't think you need to work a match. Just she comes down and slaps her or some shit like that, and it's over. You know, like she's she doesn't have to worry about it. But either way, what we got tonight, I loved. And I um like you, Ryan, if they gave this title to Copeland, wouldn't have hated it. But I think now this keeps obviously keeps the feud going, and we can get another match from Copeland and Cage. Or the title, you know, if they want to elevate this title even further, they could throw bigger stipulation or not a stipulation. I'm sorry. They could throw a different type of match, right? That you could say, put it in a cage or put it in a cell. That way nobody gets involved, right? Or, you know, um, last man standing or some bullshit like that, right? Like they could up the ante for their next match. And I think that's what these guys honestly sort of want to do. I think they want to continue to sort of escalate things to to finish telling a story and maybe eventually come back to each other gordon post even putting in the chat this would be perfect make it a ladder match sure because these guys i mean made their bones in ladder matches but yeah i love this i don't know you know i i thought this was great i really did ladder though because they're old now yeah make it like a four foot not a not a step stool they just call steps up Sure, two steps, grab it. Sure. So, Joe, what'd you think? Yeah, I think knowing that, well, thinking that it wasn't going to be the the tile tile change, I thought they're saving that for a pay per view. Um, I thought the match it wasn't obviously it wasn't like a you know technical masterpiece match, but it was a match where it felt right with the storyline of making it personal. And I think that set the tone, and Copeland set the tone early with that, um, being the aggressor and, and kind of uh, setting the tone for the match. Um, and when you earlier when you said two old men fighting, all I can think about is like grumpy old men for some reason. So I don't know who is Walter Matthau and who is Jack Lemon in this feud, but um, I like the, the the dueling spears where they both like tried to spear each other and knocked each other out a little bit. I'm not sure why Bryce didn't think about disqualifying Christian when he came to, because logically, there who else would have kicked him in the the yam bag? Yeah, bag city. And then yeah, the the ending with is her name is it Shanna or Shanna? Yeah. So I mean, yeah, it's like pretty much the same thing as like what Nick Wayne did, right? When he took the belt and leveled Darby. So there's, there's some uh similar similarities that way. I don't know why commentary didn't really play up the fact of like understanding why she did it. It's like as you're kind of explaining it, and like there's a lot of logic of why she did it, but they like Escalibur is acting like she did some something heinous. And I I didn't understand, you know, they should have played a little bit more 50-50 with that, I think. But, um, yeah. Yeah, and I think we're going to get something perhaps next week as to, like, you know, 
a, a sit down or something with with Christian Cage and Shayna, you know, Shayna Wayne. So uh, it should be interesting. Ryan, did you know that next week it's winter? The winter will be here next week. It's coming. No. It's coming next week to Texas. And they did announce a number of matches for next week for the winter is coming edition of Dynamite. Uh, in our Continental Classic match or Continental, yeah, Continental Classic. I don't know why I just had a brain fart with that, but uh, we know we're going to get Swerve and John Moxley. That should be a, a fantastic match. We're going to get Jay White versus Mark Briscoe. Uh, this one's a little telegraphed. I think Jay White's going to get a win here. And then it's going to be Roosh versus Jay Lethal. And I think Roosh is going to pick up a win here. I think we're going to lead to the final match, Mark and Jay Lethal, the following week, you know, seeing who can get some points uh, and basically fight for pride. But um, we know we're going to get those next week. We're going to get Hangman Adam Page versus Roderick Strong uh, next week. And <clears throat> something I didn't see coming, we're going to get the Von Erichs return to Dallas, Texas. So um little synergy there with Warner Brothers uh, Discovery uh, and A24 today announcing their uh, streaming deal uh, and the Iron Claw coming out. Uh, Joe, you raised your hand. My apologies. Did I steal your thunder? No, no. I was just thinking it's obviously the Von Eris of the Devil's helpers, right? Like they're the Devil's helpers. That would be interesting. Would be interesting. The Von Eriks. But yeah, so next week should be uh should be an interesting uh dynamite because winter will be here next week. Ryan, I'm gonna do this because you can hear it. Fantastic job. Ryan, you're not clapping. We know you're not. Fantastic job with the rundown, Ryan. Thanks for picking up my slack. Uh since my power went out. I will say and, this. And do yourself a favor. Yeah. Go back and watch when your power goes out and see the face you got frozen. Oh, I definitely will. I plan to. I want to see what that looks it, like. You're like laughing. So like you're squint, like you're like, like your face is like squinting in. Dude, it was so weird. But I will say this. I somehow foresaw this happening because last week I said, I don't have a giant, like, something that will give us light. Like, I don't have a big flashlight or anything. I went out and bought one of these uh, lanterns. So, good planning on my part. I'm going to pat myself on the back there. Anyway, uh, I do have a number of news and notes to get into. Um, so let's just dive in. And there was a lot of stuff happening over the last week. So we'll run through a bunch of this and you guys sort of raise your hands or we'll talk about some of this stuff. But apparently Britt Baker has not been happy about, uh, the amount of time that she's had, uh, on AEW dynamite. Uh, she hasn't been in action. Um, and uh, I think it was Fightful reported that she was taking sort of uh, some time off to help with Adam Cole as he recovered from his surgery. Um, 
but he was sort of featured on programming within within the month of November. So uh, she did tweet out tonight's AEW Dynamite, and this was from last week, the 29th. Um, she said tonight's Dynamite MGF MJF live promo time seven minutes, Christian Cage live promo time ten minutes, all of 2023 Dynamite, Britt Baker live promo time zero minutes. So. Rip Baker, not too happy with the amount of time that she's had on television. <clears throat> My question to you guys oh, is... Did you see reports on her, though? Go ahead. This might lead into my question. Go ahead. The reports came out later. She She's hurt. She can't even travel. Right. So that's one. But I also... There were some reports at one point in time. I don't remember where or who said it, but I believe there were some reports that she had sort of always been a little difficult backstage but increasingly so like in 2023 so is she shooting herself in the foot here well there's a couple of things one if you're a little bit i i don't like the idea of doing that i just don't but if you're hurt and can't travel and i forget i, I might have melt her i might even I forget who reported that, but one of the two of them reported that she's certain she can't really travel. So, like, that's why she's not on TV. If you're hurt and can't go anywhere and you're not actively in a storyline like Adam Cole was, why would you why would you tweet that? Which leads into did you see what was reported today about mm -hmm. Brian Danielson and finding the, the the disciplinary committee and finding for tweets? I I I have it. I have some of his okay. oh, it plays into this. Bullshit sure. like that is probably what caused it. Like she had no reason to say that because there's nothing they can do. If it's true, if you're hurt and you can't wrestle, there is nothing they can do. Yeah. And you know, the interesting thing is the last time during the pandemic, when she was hurt, when she had her nose broken or, or her arm or whatever she broke, I can't remember her knee. She was in a wheelchair, her knee. That's right. Okay. Cause she did break her nose too. At one point. Um, yeah. Um, but she was involved heavily in a storyline that they really couldn't sort of write her off. And they were starved for, you know, people to be involved in the pandemic in a closed sort of set, right. Where they were testing and basically everybody was just sort of staying in their bubble. So it's, it would make sense that they would find a way to keep her on. To be honest, she's not been involved with anything and they have so much other talent. Like they don't need her involved. They seem to be doing fine without her. That's my opinion. So, like, Brett, it's okay that that you're not the focus right now. It's okay. If you come back, they'll be here for you. It's You don't always have to be the main person. Yeah, I don't disagree. I mean, Joe, any, any thoughts on this drama? If not, that's perfectly fine. I just want to make sure if you have a, an opinion, it's heard. No, I I get people, you know, people's frustration when they want to be on TV. They want to be, you know, the top person. So they feel like they should be on TV, even if they're injured or, you know, they're doing something and still being um, relevant. But yeah, I don't, you know, it happens and people get shelled for a month or two months and other people and other storylines come in and are the focus for a while. And there are no stories with her right now. She did the outcast thing, the outcast thing and kind of dissolved and kind of doing their own little thing now. So 
Yeah, there's no, I don't know what you you'd be kind of wasting her if you threw her out there. And due to the fact that the women don't get much time as it is, they're not going to waste a couple minutes on a, on a throwaway segment or a throwaway promo. Yeah, I mean, no disagreement there. And and to your point too, with the outcast stuff, like it also didn't help that Jamie Hader, who is really really involved with Rip Baker, got hurt and has been out, you know, for for quite some time. So you know, all that doesn't really help Britt either. But it is what it is, and we move on to some more unfortunate sort of injury news. Um think earlier in november news had come out that bandito was making his way back from injury uh he broke his wrist uh in june i think he had surgery um i think it, they the official diagnosis was a triangular fibrocartilage complex injury so take that for what it is but uh it sounded like he was getting ready to come back to the ring and it was soon but then uh, news came out last week that um, he needs another surgery on his wrist because it didn't heal properly. Like, I guess the bone didn't heal the right way. So they need to go back in and do more surgery. So unfortunately, uh, Bandito will be out longer. Um, I don't have an exact timeline on what that looks like, but that does suck. Bandito is such an awesome performer, and he's got such a killer look with the the bandito mask uh you know uh for his lucha mask um you know it does suck so um you know hope hope that we see him sooner rather than later but clearly we want <laughs> clearly you want his wrist to be healthy with all the crazy shit he does so uh bandito is going to be out a little bit longer so stay tuned um yeah that does suck especially like i said it I, I definitely remember reading stuff that he's on his way back. I think he might have even worked a match in Mexico or something like that. Like he was sort of cleared to work and he went to work a match. He didn't re-injure it like in a match. It just maybe he was uncomfortable. They checked on it again and found out that it didn't heal the right way. So so Bandito's out, but um but apparently uh Serena Deeb is gonna be making her way back. So um, last fall, Deeb was really in the middle of a heel push for AEW, um, but we didn't really know um, why she had gone missing. We had just sort of heard she was dealing with an injury. There were some other reports that there was some other backstage drama where maybe they wanted a, she wanted somebody to come in who she was romantically involved with, and they basically said, nope, and... Um, you know, but again, rumors and innuendo don't know if any of that's true. But Deeb did post a message on Instagram uh, explaining that her absence was actually related to seizures. Um, the good news is that she is finally cleared to return to the ring. So her message uh, transcribed said, I wanted to share with you today a little bit about uh, what's been going on with me. Since last October, I've had a series of three unprovoked seizures. This has been a really dramatic time period for me. It's affected my career and it's affected my life in a lot of ways. It's been really scary for me. I've seen a lot of different doctors. I've had every test imaginable. And for the longest time, nobody could tell me why this happened. Being out of the ring has been very challenging for me. I love professional wrestling with everything in me and I miss performing. I miss wrestling. I've kept this very private 
And then I started learning more about seizures and how, uh, how much more common it is. And I didn't realize how many people experience seizures. I just have so much empathy. I know how scary it is. And I just want to send this, the message that you are not alone. And there is always a light at the end of the tunnel. I want to encourage you. And a big reason why I wanted to talk to you today is because I do have some news and it's really good news. It's great news. I saw my neurologist recently and he told me that I recovered. I'm healthy and I'm officially cleared to wrestle. That means I am ready to return. Hopefully the next time you guys see me, I'll be in a ring doing exactly what I do best. I can't wait to wrestle. I can't wait to show you exactly what the professor, what Serena Deeb is made of. Thank you so much for your time. I appreciate and love every single one of you. Much love. So uh, scary that she just sort of had three unprovoked seizures. She doesn't go into detail as to what the reasoning is. If it was something, you know, deeper neurologically, or if it's some sort of condition that she now has to deal with. But good news is that she will be back and she's cleared to wrestle again because I know Ryan last fall, we were talking about the trajectory of, of Deeb and sort of where she fell into their, their mix and we were sort of excited to see what that was going to look like and then just bam gone one day and there was no explanation so um we have a little bit of explanation that's good news uh that she'll be back uh and glad that i guess she's healthy now not having to really uh, hopefully deal with these seizures again wild um so on to the next uh Obviously, we've seen a lot of branding for Ric Flair's energy drink. Woo, energy drink. Um, uh, so uh, he did some some promos, you know, uh, on November 29th and blah, blah, blah. Um, but he's been getting a lot of flack from a lot of people um, after he appears on television. Um, and he used uh, his platform on social to sort of respond and he suggested that he might quit aew if it's embarrassing to the company he said i'm so tired of hearing all the negativity i don't need to work uh and i i don't need to work and i don't need the money can't i simply enjoy being uh by my dear friend sting side for the the next few months without so much hatred this is so hard to read because every first letter is capitalized i'm sorry i know i'm old but that doesn't mean i can't enjoy life uh, I have earned the right to do whatever I want and I'm exactly where I want to be. I appreciate everything, Tony Khan, but I'm more than willing to walk away. If I'm embarrassing you and your company, all I can say is I'm sorry. Ric Flair probably doesn't realize that a lot of this backlash is due to, I don't know, things he's done in the past that, you know, people don't deem as okay. And Rick sort of brushed it off. Like, it was just boys being boys at the time, but at least he realizes that it could be detrimental and he will step away if he needs to. But if you haven't seen the tweet, it's amazing. Every first letter is capitalized. It's so impossible hard to read. read. It's impossible so to read. So anyway, there's Ric Flair. Um, we also obviously know that Ronda Rousey appeared uh, on uh, Ring of Honor TV. Um, 
she did it as sort of a make good, right? Because um, there was some talent that wrestled in the indies with her. So she did this sort of as a make good and, and an agreement. She would wrestle on, on Ring of Honor. Um, so uh, I guess she was, uh, TMZ Sports ran into her somewhere, um, you know, walking on the street. And they said, are we going to see you doing AEW anytime soon? Rhonda said, no, no, I don't think so. TMZ did press and say, how come? And she said, you know, just trying to be home with the family and be a full-time mom. So that sort of lays uh, into what she was saying uh, before her exit from the E. Um, We had heard this wasn't uh, her returning from her quote-unquote retirement to be all elite. Um, But, um, you know, I think we had discussed that here, Ryan, and basically said, we don't need Ronda Rousey. So um looks like it was a true one shot and she has confirmed that. Um also a little bit of news on the Hardys. Um on the hundredth episode of his Extreme Life of Matt Hardy podcast, <clears throat> Matt was talking with Jeff about the future of the Hardy boys. <clears throat> and he said, I feel like there's such a great spot for us at AEW. If we're just utilized in the correct way, and we've just got to get there. Um, so Matt did acknowledge that he and Jeff are past their prime, but they feel like they're being used. Uh, the way they're being used now isn't, you know, ideal for the young talent they're trying to help elevate. Um, he thinks things are changing, even though the last few months have been tough. He said, there's a there's a huge fan base that wants to see us and we're both we're beloved. Sure, we're not Matt and Jeff of 1999 and 2000, uh, but there's so much more we can do to help young guys continue to come up and also give our, our our rub off to the young guys. That's a weird way of putting it, but uh, we just need to be utilized in the right way, and we hope we can get there. We feel like we're taking steps in the correct direction, just creatively, just the way we've been utilized the last four months. It's been very frustrating. We've been very patient, but there has been a lot of frustration. Things we've done and kind of how we've been utilized in some ways. Um, so, um, you know, parties aren't really happy with the way they're being used. Probably doesn't help that one of them uh, was arrested for a DUI, uh, couldn't travel to Canada on the last tour. Probably hurts the way that you would have been utilized. That's just me pontificating. I don't know if you guys feel any different. Nope. <laughs> uh, so right, I mean, be better. No, a hundred percent agreed. Um, Ryan, to uh, something that you Meg mentioned before. Um, uh, Brian Danielson did talk uh, about being part of the disciplinary committee because it did come out that. Um, that Brian Danielson was part of the team that recommended that uh, AEW fire CM Punk after his altercation backstage with Jack Perry and Tony Khan at all in, in, in August, um, in August of this year. Um, the report actually said Danielson led the three person disciplinary committee. And he, that committee recommended that car, uh, that TK parts ways with punk, <clears throat> uh, which was the last in a number of behind the scenes incidents that punk was involved in in his time uh, over two years with AEW. And he did go on to CBS radio uh, sports radios, Maggie and Perloff show 
on December 1st. He did confirm that he is on the disciplinary committee and its involvement in AEW's decision to terminate Punk. Um, he did downplay his role and he had positive things to say about Punk's run with the company. Um, he said, I'm part of the, dis- the disciplinary committee and clearly what happened has happened. And I'm somebody who I like CM Punk. I think he brought a lot to AEW while he was there. Um, uh, but he said by, you know, uh, there's a lot, uh, there's not a lot I can say about it or that I really want to say about it, but yeah, I'm part of it. It's a really funny case. You know how the internet is. It's like some people would say I was the head of the disciplinary committee. And I'm like, listen, there were two, there were more than three people involved in this decision, but most of them were all lawyers. Uh, to say that I was the head, I don't even uh, have a college degree. I'm not in there bossing people around or anything like that. But yeah, I am part of the disciplinary committee. Uh, he did go on uh, when he was asked um, if being on the committee was difficult in this instance, given his relationship with Punk. He said, absolutely. Uh, and as somebody who, you know, I have a lot of empathy and I'm grateful for the time he was able to spend in AEW. Uh, and he did a great job for us. Uh, so yeah, I wish him the best in his future. And I hope that his run there, the WWE goes well. So read between the lines, however you need to, but it seems like, you know, he gave best answers that he could in the most political way possible. Ryan, this doesn't make mention of what you were saying about fines and stuff like that. If you want to fill in some of those gaps, well, that came out today. That mm-hmm. apparently now that not, I mean, they always, the joke is now they'll always say Danielson, but it's a disciplinary committee can find AEW wrestlers for social media posts that violate, I guess, whatever policy they have. And of course, some people are freaking out because they want to freak out anytime something happens. Me, I'm like, every other job, you have to be careful what you post on social media if you're related to the company. Why? No, my job won't find me if I do something related to the company on my social media, but also they'll just fire me. So right. <laughs> a little bit, I don't, I, I don't get fined. I get fired. You, you just got to behave on social media. It, it's common sense. You're only hurting the company. They should have done this a while ago. Go ahead, Joe. Go I, ahead. Think they're, I think they're learning. They're finally after, you know, four, five years. Now they're learning. Like they need to have a little bit of parameters around things. I know they were built on being this alternative against, you know, rage against the machine type of, promotion but at the end of the day it's still a big corporate promotion even though it's privately owned but um i think that they're learning that you know the way things have been handled backstage with you know talent and having talent go off and you know talk about things talk shop outside of the locker room and stuff out in the public i think you know they're finding out that it's, it's hurting their reputation and that's probably why we have so many people want thinking that aw is is sinking now all of a sudden or you know it's the trajectory isn't up like it was yeah no it's hard to disagree with that and uh, and i'm with you it seems wild to think that after like four or five years they're finally learning that we need to rein some things in and hold people accountable. But I guess you'd rather see it better late than never. You know what I mean? Like uh, you, you do need to take control, right? Like, you know, they're under contract with you. You're giving them the shot. They're not, you know, uh, 
you've got to be the boss. You know what I mean? Like you, you can let them do so much, but you really do need to control sort of the, the vision of what you're trying to do and, and hold people accountable for what they say. So I'm glad that they're starting to do this stuff. Glad to hear Danielson talk about his position and sort of what he's involved with. Uh, and maybe, you know, maybe start to clarify some of this. Um, all in tickets went on sale December 1st. Tony Khan was already touting it and they did tonight too, touting it as a success so far. Um, he said, uh, on Twitter on December 1st, thank you to all who made today's all in on sale, a huge success for AEW and Wembley stadium. Our 2023 ticket on sale was in May. Uh, this time we began five months sooner. On day one, AEW's already sold over $4 million in tickets. That's over 3 million pounds. Uh, and just getting started, all in is nine months away. Uh, WrestleTix also went on, and they're pretty good. They went on to uh, give a look at some of the sales. Their AEW all in 2024 first count um, was that available tickets uh, left sort of at the end of the day. Uh, available tickets were uh, 10,000. 529 the current setup allows for 44,452 <clears throat> so they distributed and they distributed uh 33,923 tickets on day one now distributed i don't know what that accounts for they don't break that down some could be given away uh, or accounted to be given away some of them could be sold too it is what it is but it should be noted that um uh, in 2023, they sold more uh, than 60,000 tickets. That happened. A lot of the ticket sales happened closer to the show itself. <clears throat> so there is time to catch up to that 60,000 number. They did a large chunk of it first uh, first day out. So we'll see how that ticket number continues to dwindle, but it seems pretty successful for day one. They better keep Brian Danielson healthy. That is true. Uh, they've got to keep Danielson healthy. They've got to get Will Ospreay another good showing in Wembley, perhaps for a title, right? Like that would be a big mover if you ask me. I think he had a great showing against uh, Jericho this past year at All In. So let's get him up again next year. They just have to make sure they keep some of these guys healthy and keep it drama free. Um, but good day one so far. Um, not sure if you guys also saw this. Chris Jericho appeared in Vietnam at an indie wrestling show. Um, so uh, it was Vietnam Pro Wrestling's Immortal Glory show. Chris Jericho randomly showed up at their event. Uh, there are TikToks and tweets out there showing some video of when he showed up. Um, uh, so um, so the fans were excited. And uh, he also put all over some of their talent, uh, their main eventers, PCW Ultra Women's Champion Viva, uh, Viva Van and Sumi Sakai. Uh, he inducted them into the VPW Hall of Fame. Uh, so, um, so just kind of a cool thing to see Chris Jericho do show up unannounced uh, at an indie show in all places uh, via Saigon, Vietnam. So good to see Jericho still out there, uh, I guess, helping the little guys. Um, I'm sure you guys have also seen that um, Okada's New Japan contract is up at the end of January. 
and he is seriously entertaining offers signing with WWE or AEW. That's reported by Sports Illustrated. Uh, SI's Justin Barrasso believes AEW could be a better fit for Okada because of the relationship with New Japan and because the schedule would allow him to continue to live in Japan. But WWE seems very interested in bringing him in, can offer bigger stages like WrestleMania and stars to work with. But there are still a number of people who think that he's just going to stay in New Japan. He's just sort of feeling out everybody. So take that for what it is. Uh, the other thing that came out was that uh, executive Kevin Sullivan, no relation to the wrestler Kevin Sullivan, uh, for AEW, was let go on Monday. Uh, that's according to the Wrestling Observer. Um, Mike Mansory made the call to dismiss Sullivan, who built the entire pro, uh, post-production team uh, and was very uh, highly thought of and has been with AEW from the early days. Um, so it's left a lot of people at the company apparently wondering what happened since it just sort of came out of nowhere. But, you know, it did happen. Uh, so we'll see uh, if this affects some of their post-production work moving forward. Uh, Will Ospreay's announced to wrestle in TNA. He had wanted to get back into a TNA ring. Uh, he is going to step into a TNA ring with TNA Snake Eyes on January 14th at the Palms in Las Vegas. Um, I don't believe that I did see um, who he will be wrestling. They didn't really say in their press release uh who he's going to be but um safe to assume that he's going to wrestle um you know in some capacity you know tbd so uh good for will osprey getting to live his best life and wrestling tna like he said he wanted to um i know we already talked rick flair i do have one additional rick flair note here um Tony Khan spoke about um, the partnership with Woo Energy. Um, and um, he basically said, we're not paying Ric Flair. Ric Flair is essentially paying us. We're getting paid by Woo Energy for all of his appearances. So we're collecting revenue. So I don't know. I don't know what to make of this fucking relationship. I just thought it was funny. He's like, we're not paying him. He's paying us. And then Ric Flair is like, I'll step away. It doesn't mean I don't need to work. So whatever the fuck. Uh, and guys, um, the final thing I have is good news uh, from the uh, Sammy Guevara camp. Uh, I don't know if we covered this uh, last week, but they did have their first child, Luna. Uh, he was uh, he was out, you know, obviously due to injury. And then, you know, the birth of the child happened. So he was going to stay out. But in his de December 5th vlog, um, he did confirm uh, that he's cleared to wrestle. He said, I'm good. I'm doing good. I'm cleared. If it was going to happen, it kind of happens um, at the best time. Uh, so, um, you know, uh, we'll see what happens with Sammy, but it looks like he's ready to go. Maybe just waiting to come back for the right, from the right time or at the right time. Who knows in what capacity? Maybe could be a part of the Devil Crew, um, but um, it looks like everybody's doing well, mom and baby and dad. So at some point, I would assume, off in the future, we'll see Tay return, Sammy much sooner, and um, yeah, that's the last piece of news and notes I have tonight. But 
there were some uh, unsure sort of notes as to what was going on with Sammy. Was he clear? Was he not clear? He's confirmed he's ready to rock. So we'll see what's next for Sammy, which is good because he's really good in the ring, right? So it's like the fact that he was dealing with a concussion. I'm glad that it's not anything much worse than they thought it, it could have been. Uh, and we'll wait for his return. Would Sammy Guevara disappoint you to somehow be connected to the devil crew? No, to no, the devil, yes. Okay. Agreed. Part of the crew, not the devil itself. Yeah. What if the devil's Jack Perry and he's just one of the devils? Less interested. Okay. I'm just trying to get a get a line. You know what I'm saying? Uh gentlemen, that's all I had. Um, if anybody had anything else, no. Ryan gave all his points. Joe looks like he's good to go. So you know what that means. Time to plug. Ryan, why don't you go first tonight? What would you like to plug for the people? Well, you can find me here every Wednesday, obviously, uh, and on all our socials at Mark Order Pod. And then you can follow my history blog here for history.com on Twitter at underscore here for history. We joke with Ryan all the time about his revisionist history blog, but it is certainly not a revisionist history blog. Ryan, I absolutely, by the way, I'm not going to say it here because I don't want to give anything away. The idea that I threw you out via text message the other day about the little history thing, I think you should look into it. It's a hot segment right now on social. Not not the history. Hunting people for sport is not legal. Well, that's the most dangerous game. That's more of a literary thing. But um, I still think you should consider it. Just saying. My two cents. That's a free one. The next one you're going to pay for. Um, Joe, what do you got? Yeah, you can find me on the socials at underscore Asian Joe. In my bios, I have a link to my serial review blog. Uh, I haven't reviewed a serial in a few months, in a month or two. So if you have a serial recommendation, just uh, find me on social media and let me know. Joe, this is a serious, serious Actually, this is a super serial question. I know with like Halloween, they do a bunch of Halloween releases like uh, like Captain Crunch did some sort of Halloween release, right? Do they do the same thing for Christmas? Like I know there's generally a Christmas Captain Crunch, but do other have other cereals been doing this? Yeah, so like Cinnamon Toast Crunch has variations like Gingerbread to- Toast Crunch, Sugar Cookie Toast Crunch. Um, loads are seasonal, and then there's going to be additional Captain Crunch variations coming out, like Jingle Bell berries. Um, but yeah, it's not uncommon. Did you? I don't know because I've been behind on the blog. Did you do any of the fall pumpkin spice cereals? I feel like I've done them before. It just to me, it's a lot of just cinnamon cereal to me. It tastes a lot like cinnamon, so I'm not a big pumpkin spice person. Did you happen to see the pumpkin spice frosted flakes? I did. I and also the pumpkin spice Cheerios, and so I didn't. I didn't try the Cheerios because I bought a Trader Joe's version of the same cereal. It was lacking. I'll be honest. I was like, come on, Trader Joe's, you're better than this. But the 
Frosted Flakes, surprisingly delicious. Surprisingly. That's my review. Surprisingly delicious. They're okay. Um, anyway, um, for me, when my power is working, you can find me here on Wednesday nights on the Mark Order podcast. And I'll throw this one out there. I'm working on a guest appearance on ROH Revelry with Milwaukee Tom and William Mercier Jr. So at some point, we're working through the details. I'll be recording with them. I'll let you guys know when that looks like it's going to be out, but that should be a lot of fun. We love ring of honor here. And I do also have to say, I got a disturbing Ryan. You'll probably think this is disturbing. I got a disturbing, uh, tweet or post on X. It's not a tweet anymore. Sorry. Got a placate to Elon. Um, I got a disturbing post on X from Mike Peterson asking, um, since because he said something like uh since you guys think wwecw was better than ecw does that mean that the current ring of honor is better than old ring of honor and i unfortunately had to tell mike that he has totally misunderstood our entire take on ecw wwecw it's simply the fact that there was nothing that existed before WWECW. Whatever people were calling ECW, that's fake. That did not exist. Yeah, they went back and they changed it after WWECW came into existence. Right. The retcon is really yeah. what fucked everybody up. So I did say, you are mistaken, sir. The current Ring of Honor is not better than the old Ring of Honor. I uh, will be watching old ring of honor when we eventually record ring of ROH revelry with Milwaukee, Tom and William Mercier jr. I'm excited for that. So I've got that coming up uh, Wednesday nights here on the Mark order podcast and to take care of, uh, well, you could follow me personally at ant money on X at ant money, two, four, seven on Instagram. If you're so inclined, I'm not super active, but please feel free to follow along. I've been putting up a lot of, uh, what I'm listening to at the gym. Cause I'm trying to hold myself accountable and go back, you know, like four days, five days a week. So keep me honest people. If you want to do that, um, beyond that, follow us, the Mark order podcast at Mark order pod on all social X, Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, um, on any of those platforms, you can go to the link tree on our bio and find links to all of our social platforms everywhere that we have our podcast up in audio format and everywhere or, and our YouTube page, excuse me. Uh, so we want to thank everybody who's watched along live tonight. The Jesse, or the Jesse Ozogs, the one LT photos, um, the Pedro, um, going back in time, Scott, George, Gordon post Slonamite was here earlier, checking us out. SJ was here very early on. Uh, a number of people I'm sure that I'm forgetting, but obviously uh, I got cut off somewhere in the middle here. So I'm missing a bunch from earlier on. Thank you to everybody who watched along. We appreciate you. If you're listening to us in podcast form, we uh, highly suggest you check us out in video form on YouTube. You could do that anytime you want because they all live on in the archives on YouTube. But if you are listening primarily in podcast form, or even if you're not, why don't you go over to your, whatever podcast platform you listen, subscribe, rate, review. Uh, it helps us out uh, on all those pl uh, podcast algorithms. More importantly, if you'd like to support us, uh, definitely go and subscribe to us. If you haven't already on YouTube, we're trying to get our 
Um, we're trying to get our uh, subscribers up to 500. Uh, we are stretching for that. Um, so, um, so please, we would appreciate if you could subscribe. It helps you uh, also know when we've got our new broadcast coming up, which shouldn't be too hard because it's every Wednesday. And then every once in a while, we do a special. So stay tuned. Um, uh, and then if you'd like to support us additionally in the same link trees, you can find a link to our Pro Wrestling Tees page. You could also go to prowrestlingtees.com slash markorderpod or just search Pro Wrestling Tees for the Mark Order Podcast and you will find all of our shirts here up for sale. Um, uh, we've got two front prints, two front and back prints. Make great Christmas gifts, especially to people who don't listen to us. You could just be like, yeah, here's a shirt. And then, you know, you've supported us. You've given something to somebody. They have no idea what it is. And that's fun because we talk about a lot of wrestling, but we also talk a lot about a lot of bullshit. So uh, you could even just say, hey, they talk baseball because it's true. We do talk baseball. You can say we talk about music. It's a music podcast. Sure. We talk about music, Creed, Nickelback, other butt rock, all of it. So uh we thank everybody who's bought a shirt and support us uh and we thank everybody who uh eventually down the road may buy a t-shirt other than that we are done for the night we are going to see you guys next week start to bundle up because winter is coming and it will be here before you know it we've also got great matches that we'll talk about next week lined up for uh the continental classic in the blue league taking place on friday and saturday and then we'll recap it all uh, uh, when we talk about winter is coming and our gold league matches at the start of week four. So, uh, Joe Ryan, thanks for, uh, weathering the storm. Uh, you know, while I was out, uh, with, uh, no power also Jesse Ozog, we did talk about the potential trade, uh, in the first, uh, opening of the show. Uh, yes, that is official. So, um, guys, thanks. Thanks for a fun night. Needed it. Love it. Look forward to it every week. Uh, and we look forward to chatting with you guys out there in YouTube, etc. Next week here on the Mark Order Podcast. Enjoy. And uh, gentlemen, look at this photograph. We'll be back next week. Thanks. I don't know the rest of the words. I thought I did, and I don't. So I'm just going to say, look at this photograph. Order Podcast. We now return you to your regularly scheduled programming. Join the Mark Order.